Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Good evening and welcome to Lauren's podcast. Oh, we're starting a few minutes after 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Today is Saturday, December 9th, 2017. I just want to make some quick announcements about the call before I begin. Uh, When I am interviewing or when I am doing my own personal commentaries, I do not interact with callers nor chatters uh, because I don't want to be distracted. Upon any commencement at the end of interviewing or my commentaries, I will then open up the room, uh, just star eight if you're calling in, and I will see you on the board to unmute you for your question or comment. The same with chat room. Go ahead and type your question in, and I go between uh, callers in the chat room. Um, Again, all opinions and comments of my callers do not necessarily reflect my own. However, when many are together and communicating, I think we can always leave uh, learning um, a great deal. So I... I think there's always something to learn. And without further ado, as they say, let's get the show on the road. Yeah, you're at the right place. New style, new jack, targeted individual. That's us. Yeah, we're from the big city, man. Human trafficking, we already know what that means. Fancy word for slavery. Tonight, as usual, I'm bringing some real class. Faye from Gotham is an active participant in the target individual community. This soulful young woman will slowly but thoroughly help us explore the human trafficking realm in the targeted individual community. Faye from Gotham is both scholarly learned, intuitive, and what a brilliant mind our enemy to know the mind and actions of traffickers, how to recognize them. She's been more than beautiful as a friend, as a targeted individual. Her activism, her assistance with other targets in the community, constantly gracious and giving. As a mutual friend, targeted individual, I like to warmly, graciously present Faye from Gotham. Good evening, Faye. Hi, Lauren. How are you, Faye? I'm good. Thanks for inviting me to speak. Oh, great. We're glad to have you, Faye. We're really, really glad to have you here tonight. Uh, I usually like to begin. Let's... um, Begin the begin. Just um, let's see. When would you estimate uh, that you recognized you were targeted? When did I first uh, recognize? 
Yes, that you were a targeted individual. When did it begin? You know, the mob, stalking, and all the, the drama we get. Oh, that started after I had moved to Queens. So that was uh, quite a bit after I'd been in New York for several years already and had quite a wonderful time. Then I was thought I was settling down, and I moved to Queens. Uh, it was fine for a couple of years. Then um, some strange people moved in the place. Uh, just like uh, if you know the man Ray, Ray Charles Jr., he, he did a podcast um, in a former, in one of the TI uh, groups. And the same thing happened to him and many TIs. Um, a couple of very loud moved in and made uh, quite a ruckus. And from there, it went on to some uh, semi-gang stalking temporarily as I was targeted. Oh, do you think you even recall what year was that that uh, when you moved uh, from Gotham, the main hub, of course, is Manhattan, to Queens? How many years ago would you say or estimate? Um, it was, uh, it was uh, a little over 10 years ago. Over 10 years ago. Oh, my gosh. So yeah. we're, we're talking yeah. 2007. Whoa. Well, um, wow. Actually, I have been on the call for a long time, actually for seven years, I didn't talk at all. And I rarely talk on calls now. I talk on yours. And uh, I just started talking a couple of years ago every now and then. Oh, my gosh. Well, let's, let's take it back a little bit slowly. Because um, I, I, I'm curious to hear your story as well, Faye. Um, were you um, born in Gotham? Is that the region you're from? Originally as well? Um, no, I'm actually um, from the Midwest. Uh, my, parents are, my parents are immigrants. They came from um, Asia. Okay. And, uh, right. And so we, I actually uh, was born in Chicago. And oh. we, yes, we were born in Chicago. And uh, um, actually I was one. And then we, I, I haven't told you this, but for about eight or nine years we did move. To uh, Canada, because my uh, my father had to. Uh, well, there was the uh, you know uh, laws in, in the U.S. Mm-hmm. You come back when uh, it's a certain time. Okay. Uh, so I was born there, and a strange thing did happen. Um, my mother had a story that uh, when I was less than one years old, she came into the uh, apartment. Uh, well, another uh, from another room. And I had a metal hanger, and I was sort of stabbing it. Um, I had been doing something towards my eye, and when I turned to her, at one, um, you know, an infant, it was a wire hanger was hanging from my eye, uh, from the uh, um, under my eye. You know, it was hanging there, oh and that really scared her. So I wonder if I have been had this since I was an infant, because why would I be doing that as a child and how could that be hanging there now you know nothing surprises me say some of us feel we are generational target individuals some of us have memories of being targeted as children so it doesn't uh, surprise me at birth i mean it's, it's, i believe this program has been around you know many many years you know? yeah mm-hmm. and then how was your life then growing up that you recall in the Midwest region? You don't have to be specific. We can 
you know, understand okay. Midwest. What was your What was your life like? Well, that's okay. interesting. That's interesting that you ask that, and it is good to go back uh, because even though I've been many years in New York, mm-hmm. it was a very different life uh, in the Midwest. Um, oh, I know. I had, um, well, first of all, we spent eight or nine years in Canada. That was very nice. It was British Canada, not the Mm -hmm. French side. And uh, that was nice, too. It was very similar to the U.S. When we came here, though, I was eight or nine. And for some reason, even though we didn't move back to Chicago, um, we moved to a neighboring state. My father father and I took a trip alone, um, and we went... um, to Chicago, and uh, I can't really recall it, but I remember when when I came back from there, I had a, um, a mark. It was um, uh, the actual term is post hypermalignant pigmentation on my ankle, and uh, I've noticed this when I've gotten other uh, other things like on my knees lately. That the uh, the pigment it becomes like a giant mole. Um, it isn't. It isn't temporary. It's a permanent mark. And anyway, when I was eight or nine, I had a mark on my ankle, like that. So I think something was done to me when I went there, um, but not without my father's knowledge, of course. <laughs> of course, of course. Then, do you think? Do you think, as you look back on it, when you were a little girl, say that I don't know how to say this? Did you ever feel like? Um, I'm different or, you know, I don't know, even as a kid, were you ever thinking, was something done to me? You know, did you ever go think like that or was it still? Um, you know? It's, it's uh, interesting that you ask that too because the only reason I remember uh, something uh, something very important is when my father and I took the trip, we were up in the airplane, I was eight, and I turned to him and I said, do you get those funny, tickly feelings at the end of your ears, too? Um, and I remember seeing a lot of clouds and, uh, you know, through the windows of the airplane. And he mm-hmm. said, no, no. But I only remember that I would get these uh, very tickly feelings uh, then uh, because I asked him that. Uh, but I, I believe something was done when I was five or six and I had my tonsils taken out. Mm-hmm. Um, in Canada, and uh, that's when that started. And I actually remember the uh, there was a, a surrounding my bed, which was not in a separate room, uh, where all these uh, medical interns they had the white lab coat. And I remember seeing one woman, uh, one of the interns, and they didn't smile at me. They were like seemed quite unfriendly, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, because, because I was terrified when they took out the this huge needle, it looked so gigantic. Like I was trying That's to get right from there. But, um, yeah, for all I know, they were injecting a lot of kids, and I would have looked similar to. They probably would have seen a lot of um, Native Americans uh, too. And then growing up now, and a little girl in the Midwest, which was parents. Um, say, do you have other siblings, or were you just an only child? Oh no, I was the eldest. I have uh, several other uh, um, siblings, and they That's are not. Fair. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, it's wonderful because you know uh, when you guys, you know, when you're not an only child, you're you're automatically one of the blessings of of not being an only child. You're born, you see, in essence, in a social situation, and it depends on your placement, of course, in the family. You know where it is. The eldest has to, you know, set an example for the other siblings. Uh, I'm sure it's a lot of. Did you feel the pressure being the eldest sibling? Um, yes. Uh, this is also. Uh, a very interesting fact. I will say that when I was eight or nine, um, I feel that my personality was kind of changed looking back because um, I became more of a, because uh, I found out just recently that my father, who I thought might have, was probably a studious person, he was in uh, medicine. Um, okay. I thought he was a studious person, but I just found out recently he never studied at all. Like he was just, um, I guess, a uh, you know, bright enough that he didn't have to study. And my mother, of course, was a, not like that. She was more like a social butterfly. But I believe they were, uh, they were uh, controlled, like entrained, uh, because my mother really, even though I was the oldest, um, I really feel I was over-pressured to do well in school. So I was actually separate from the rest of my family. I spent a lot of time alone in my room, studying. And I had a very strange habit that whenever the weekends would come, now I would be nine or 10, I would be very nervous thinking that I have not finished my uh, homework or I don't understand it, so I have to study. And I believe this is something they put in me uh, to kind of, uh, I don't believe this is part of my original personality because I remain like that, like you over-worry about things. Of course. Yeah, yeah I, I don't believe that's part of my personality, my original. Oh, my God. Do you feel that that has carried on into, you know, as you progressed, you know, went into high school and college, that you always felt you need to study more? Did that uh, Yeah, as a matter of fact, um, when I went to college, I, I believe I overstudied there. Uh, well, I overworried a lot, too. And that oh, is, I believe it's, um, um, it's a way to keep someone staying alone and uh, preparing or um, even though I did meet a lot of people, I had a wonderful time in high school and uh, um, I would like to mention though, uh, um, this goes for uh, all of, for some targets, they may notice that when they went to high school, I believe I went, uh, it was chosen where we would live and what high school because there was already a family that moved, and so this high school was already set up. Anyway, my Let's just take that. Wait, let me take that a little bit slower, if you don't mind. Okay. You're sure. in, um, yeah, let me get this straight, because I, I just want, yeah, you know, when parts like that come out, I, I, do, I want to okay. really understand. Now, right. you guys, as a family, let me get this right. You're, you're not in Canada. You're not in Chicago. You're in, still in the region of the Midwest, United States. Uh, yes, Midwest. The house that you moved into, uh, you know, you said your father was in um, medicine, the field of medicine. Your mom was a social butterfly, and it sounds it sounds really quite lovely. Um, what was your kind of your childhood? Did you have all four seasons? Uh, did you have enough food? Wonderful clothes? Um, I don't know your age. Do you remember like the Partridge family? Because I'll tell you mine. I'm 56, so I was a kid in the 70s. Yeah, I'm. Of 79. Um, yeah. I'm yeah, I'm a, 
yeah, I'm not too young. I sound young, but I'm like definitely over 45. Over 45. Okay, you might have been a little younger than me. I don't know if your heyday was <laughs> Michael Jackson and Donny Osmond. Mine was. <laughs> okay. Right. Um, yeah, I only say that because um, I'm still very wary. I don't want to identify my family. And this has been, um, been kind of a uh, um, holding me back, I believe, because I really want to try to stop it for my family. That's the only reason like, uh, I have been so careful. Well, my my questions tonight, you don't have to worry about that, and I want everyone to hear this when I interview. We have to respect all, um, you know, those of us that uh, need to have privacy and anonymity for our protection. So um, we can just say the regions and stuff. Oh, right. Yeah, growing up in the Midwest, you felt responsible, oldest sibling, a girl, and the firstborn. That's a lot of responsibility. It is. Um, you uh, moved to a home, you guys. You felt that whenever you said you felt it was like laid out or planned as you look back on it. Um, was it like a lovely house, something that, you know, your parents would just fall in love with and, and you well, kids as well? Or, you know. um, there were two houses. The first one my father picked. So it was, you know, it was okay. And actually I had a lot of uh, classmates around. I will mm-hmm. say that other targets may not have that um, in two different regions we lived in, in Canada and yeah, in this first house uh, here uh, in the Midwest, uh, we had wonderful childhood friends on one side, but on the other side was a house we never saw anyone go back and forth. When I asked my family, they don't remember even the names of the people. So I believe there had been, for those childhood years, um, uh, handlers or perps. You know, they could be Nazis for all I know, because, you know, um, anyway. You know what, it could be. You're making me think of some things, too. What you're saying is even for a community, you know, a a neighborhood, uh, all the homes, uh, families, and there was always that, I really want to call it almost that oddball house. Somebody you just never saw anyone really go in or out, no kids playing. No, yes, absolutely no one. Uh, And we were, we knew everyone on the other side, but on one side, no, I um, never saw anyone come in and out. So that's very suspicious. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, when you really, when we all say it that way, it it is actually. Yeah, I, I, I have that I'm experience certain. too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the things we remember. <laughs> but I right. guess when we're going back, the things we remember. Um, well, in high, I, your childhood was it happy? Did you say overall? Yes, as as many. Uh, I will say, and I'm sorry to keep saying that, but it's true. And I see this going on to the other generations. Uh, that's why um, families, um, they aren't protecting the children where it's hap- going to happen to next because they think they're so happy. Yes, I had a very happy childhood. Um, I, uh, you know, I was in different activities, uh, Girl Scouts, so, you know, fun things like that. And then uh I had music. Girl Scouts, yeah. Right, yeah. And studied music and uh, was, uh, um, you know, uh, my uh, class in school was strangely very nice. Like, uh, I believe there was something, there's something they can put on your family and a school, and everyone will get along. Uh, it could have been harp or something. But uh, everyone, there was like no... Um, 
no ill feelings. I mean, all those years. Um, wow. Right. And plus, same with my family. My family is not, uh, we act more like a Japanese family. We were like very, uh, we would never yell at each other or, uh, you know, we weren't, uh, um, uh, I just heard, I heard uh, another family near nearby me now, and he said it perfectly, the boyfriend of a girl next door to me, and he said, she said something about seeing his family, and then he said, oh, um, why don't we just go to yours? I like your family. You're so quiet and well-behaved um, compared to ours. And I thought, I suspected, but that's a sign that a family's being controlled, like they're, uh, I wouldn't say targeted necessarily, but they're definitely un- under it. And um, my family, too, compared to other people of the same ethnicity, we were much more um, uh, mellow, definitely. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then, um, of course, um, that's a good life. That's a good life. That's a safe life. And mm-hmm. good school, money, taking care of responsibilities. Was your path, Faye, laid out for you then to attend university? Um, yes, definitely. And um, a strange thing happened there my senior year in high school. You know mm-hmm. how. Uh, Sometimes people can't decide what they'll do. So because my dad uh, worked at a hospital, he thought he'd take me to the ER. So because they assumed I would go in um, science, I had even gotten a, just a, um, an award, uh, you know, a science type, just a recognition. It wasn't an award. But that's because no one, um, my, my um, high school class was so mellow about grades and everything. We didn't have any AP credit classes compared to other schools, uh, which was very unusual. Um, so it was such a laid-back kind of um, place Well, that I happened to get, um, I beat out this guy who really was very smart uh, in science. Um, but I had some promise in science. Anyway, I went to this, uh, it's like a vocational day. You go to the ER and see what it's like if, you, if you're thinking of becoming a doctor or going medicine. Well, I went in there, and they the only thing that made me a little bit um, uh, nauseous would be if they're doing something to the eyeball. Of course, it's just a little boy sitting down, and they're uh, sewing up something near his eyeball. And I believe there were people in the ER because I suddenly felt nauseous. Now, if I had seen an open body and they were doing something with intestines, that wouldn't have fazed me. Um, I believe that wouldn't have made me, but I believe um, that they kind of made me nauseous, so they had to carry me out, if you can believe this. And, you know, it's like really silly, you know, that based on this small thing, my parents made a decision um, that I will not go in medicine, and I ended up uh, switching and going into business. But this was all part of the plan. Hmm. Uh, just out of curiosity, how did you feel about this? Did you like choosing that when you were getting ready to go to university? Um, you know, I didn't realize, I, I was definitely not business-minded. I Actually, I kind of uh, balk at the idea of uh, a very corporate environment. I was much more, um, more hu- uh, humanitarian type or studying biology, like animals or biology. 
something like that would have interested me. And I regret that I never studied science. And I believe they kept this away from me um, uh, of most targets. Uh, because they don't want them to know about any of that. They don't want them to keep up with anything, like in the magazines, um, uh, because the the Human Genome Project was around, you know, that kind of thing. They didn't want me to follow up on any of that, which that would have been helpful if I knew. That would have been. Um, Say, it takes us now into your collegiate years. Um, was that normal? Were you, you know, like all freshmen excited about university and by junior junior and senior year, I can't wait to get out? Did you feel all of those things? Um, they, uh, hot, the the uh, college years were good, and there was something over them, too. And I, I can look back, and there were times walking on campus, um, I know someone was uh, pointing something at me because, I would be with my very best friend, and then mm-hmm. I would, um, we were walking alone. The campus would be, it would be at night, walking toward the library, and then I'd have this feeling of severe doom and gloom. And, of course, I'd equate that with being with her, <laughs> you know? Um, even though she was my very best friend, I would get this terrible, gloomy, uh, deep, awful feeling. And we kind of um, parted ways, though we shared a room like, uh, um, well, it kind of got into our friendship. And I believe they put this over uh, couples, married couples, and, you know, various couples. Um, This is something, and you equate it with the person you're around. Um, Other things definitely happened. I believe I was definitely set up to go to that school because they had a large business school, and there's something about business schools, um, and I believe it's the marketing, mm-hmm. the marketing uh, section, because they, they use a lot of the software that is similar to the software that um, targets are familiar with. They use that. Um, there's a name for it. I don't have that with me. But if uh, people who are familiar with marketing, they do have some kind of uh, definite software, which my targeting um, I will get into that a little bit later when we talk about my targeting in New York. Um, many things happened to me in that college. It was very nice people. A lot of them had, came from very uh, nice families. By nice, I mean uh, from very stable homes. Everyone was very kind. I, you know, obviously there was something <laughs> over the campus. It seemed almost unreal, but. Um, yeah, I had uh, like un- unreal, like in yeah. unreal, like in a Norman Rockwell painting or Stepford yeah. Wife, unreal, kind of weird. Yeah, but, um, yeah not. Um, it wasn't shallow, but it was definitely um, very sheltered, extremely sheltered. Uh, everything about my life was very sheltered. Uh, plus, um, um, and my the, my family is not like me. I'm like a lot quieter than them. Uh, I believe that's probably why I was chosen to um, because they they felt that you would uh, be more complicit because you're quiet do you think or uh, yeah when you're a quieter person you're easier to control or like someone who thinks about things I like I uh, think about others that um, 
most people are very good people, but I maybe overthink things, and um, they found it easy to manipulate um, me into shyness or um, some things where I thought I I look back and I was thought I was shy, but I in actuality I don't think I really my original personality would be that shy, but they were able to manipulate me. And uh, that's another. Do you feel like you still that, have that now? I guess I'm asking that now because you. Yes, I don't. I don't have that as much now. But if I look uh, upon myself and my situation, mm-hmm. um, yeah, see, you know how um, when you're targeted, the uh, perp will have you arguing in your mind or or hating them. Like when you see them, you hate them because of what they're they're holding you hostage. So you in your mind you're like uh, hating them, maybe uh, thinking bad thoughts about them and they may be shooting things into you to make you like have a very dark mood. But um in the last few years I had a different kind of thought that if I looked upon myself and and was looking in at my story and saw because I know that I'm much quieter than even my own family, and I'm very small. I'm like less than I'm not even five feet tall. I'm four eleven, okay. uh, almost five feet tall. But and I have a very petite bone structure. Very small. I'm like the size of a child. Like uh, when you consider trafficking, um, I would feel. And I'm very quiet. I would feel very sorry for me. I'd probably be crying for if I heard my story and it was um, just a bystander hearing it. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually like, I'm trying, I'm thinking of other people who may be in a similar situation who are maybe quiet and who don't talk on the calls. They may or may not be Asian, but um, I, I'm talking because I want to encourage them to speak because I, uh, when I, I was isolated and alone, I could, in my mind, I could argue myself out of talking to people. Exactly. And I want yeah. to throw something down right now for a second. As you identified, you are Asian American born here. Right. Uh, everyone, um, don't say things like Oriental. That's like, I'm African American. That's like calling me colored. It's taboo. It's not happening. Again, we're a new Jack pile, and we get people's ethnicities and cultures correct. It's not about being PC. It's about being correct. So Asian American, and I, I'll break it down. If you guys, we can have a show about that. I'll, I will help you break it down. Do you feel by your being born Asian American and in this program, have you yourself faced um, racism? Did they try to, like, I don't know, market you like some kind of uh, the world of Susie Washington, that horrible racist movie back in the 60s? Was it something really crazy? Um, yeah. Have you experienced that? Mm-hmm. I'm just going right for the jugular because I know yeah. they have. Well, <laughs> um, Watch the world of Susie Kwan. It's horrible, horrible movie. Uh, well, I, I believe, yes, this is totally um, ethnic ethnically based. I look mm-hmm. um, yes, I look very um stereotypically Asian. Um I have the long black hair, a round mm-hmm. face. And because they radiated me, I look younger than my years. And I have been uh kept away from dating anyone Asian 
So that leaves, you know. Um, uh, what? Wait a minute. They are try- They are keeping you away. Do you want to say that a hobby, an Asian hobby? What? Oh, I wait a minute. What kind of guys were they steering you towards getting with? Um, white, and then of course um, African Americans. Uh, they were uh, you know, trying this, and uh, lately, um, I was um, after I got divorced uh, just a couple years ago. I was thinking, well, let me at least um, uh, maybe I should try to find someone in my race because I didn't grow up around my race. You know, it was uh, more an all-white type of well, well, why? Okay, well, and well, well, I just want to. I, I am curious. I'm just going to ask. So, in the um, growing up as a child, you know, into you know, when you graduated high school, the community was primarily white. And then now, college was that uh, college mixed the business schools, universities? Uh, was that was that yeah. mixed? Um, not not so mixed, but much more than uh, uh, growing up. Yeah, uh, growing up, okay. there weren't even Irish, Irish or Italian. Uh, oh, wow. yeah. okay. And definitely wow. no Latinos. No Latinos. Um, there yeah. are a few African Americans. Um, there, yeah, just like one or two, one or two Jewish people, one or two uh, African Americans, one or two Asian families. And actually, I was the only minority for many years. You know, I just realized that lately. Um, and, and again, like you kept saying, it was the Norman Rockwell, so you were treated very PC, everyone very yeah. polite to you. Right. I believe that was on purpose that because uh, when uh, because even after being targeted a few years or having hard times here in New York, um, it's it's like a mind game they play with you. Like they had my best friend who was a Scottish uh, Irish type girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, she would repeat something to me, and they're doing that to other kids I know now who may be targeted. Um, she would say to me, "Oh, I want to be you." You have such a wonderful life, or like something similar to that. You, wow. you, you, yeah. She would say she just said that like she didn't say that often, but she said that enough that I remembered. And it's put something in your mind, um, sort of like oh, you. I did have a I did have a very comfortable like sheltered life, and so for a target like me, like it has to do with the personality or maybe the type of target they have. Uh, this keeps in mind. You don't even know of all your suffering. Uh, you're just going down the drain slowly, and you don't even feel bad for yourself because you're still thinking, "Oh, you had a wonderful life earlier in your life. Wonderful family, yeah. wonderful life." Wonderful, oh, I exactly. Did um, and then, like you said, college, it was more uh, diversity, we can say that, many cultures, more more ethnicity, more in the well, collegiate background. Did you, um, did you feel like your classes and you were social, uh, you know what I mean, concerts, um, you know, studying, boyfriends, all of that? I, I didn't have a boyfriend. No, they kept those away. Um, as a matter of fact, I went to a sleepover thing before I went to that university. And I met someone who I really liked. He was like a wonderful guy. Um, but uh, when I came to that school as a freshman, I found out that that guy went crazy and was um, like a few weeks, a couple weeks after I'd met him, he was throwing his books out the window and uh, he never came back to the school. And I think they targeted, they did something to him because they, oh. didn't, they didn't want me to have any boyfriend that they didn't pick. 
Thank and you know what? If you guys heard my huff, that's not funny. Ha ha. That's just like that's messed up. We have to uh, go over that real slowly. Sometimes as targets, people close to us. This is how far these these creeps will go. They will target potential um, lovers that may, we may desire. And, you know, to either try to turn them into perps or obviously target them and, and, and do really bad things to keep us isolated and alone. Yeah, mm. definitely. And I um, It's horrible. I didn't mean to snort like I was laughing at it. It was just like, oh, I, no, you know. I, I didn't even hear it. Yeah, I didn't hear oh, it. Um, horrible. Yeah. Horrible. Uh, I had a, um, it was okay, but I just didn't need as many uh, people. I was in a sorority, but... Um, mm-hmm. Uh, I just didn't go to as many of the functions, and they ended up quite angry at me. But I did meet, yes, um, they did. Um, one thing they do is my senior year, I met someone, wouldn't you know, the very last week before we graduated, I met someone, and then um, he's one of the people I really like, have liked all, all my life. But, of course, that ended, they sabotaged that one. Um, but he ends up, uh, this will be interesting, he ends up in New York, and he is. Um, he was married to someone that's related to Solange. Uh, they got divorced, but Solange is um, the deep identity, uh, mm-hmm. uh, the mafia. This uh, has, uh, this is all over almost my whole life from, I would say, from that college. And in that college, uh, many people, there were people from New York, and there were, uh, there, there are a lot of things I can go back and I can see uh, from what uh, Professor Martinez talks about, the illegal alien mafia. Uh, they are there in the schools, and they are just uh, waiting, waiting for you. They target you and traffic you there. I was definitely targeted for my ethnicity. And as I started mentioning before, they um, they want me, uh, I believe they film us whenever we have, they pick who our boyfriends or girlfriends are, and then they will film this. Like if you go to a hotel or, you know, when you're young, you, you don't know where you go. You, sometimes you meet your friends, you're going on a trip with your friend. Well, I believe they're there at the hotel. And I, um, as I look back on some things in my youth, traveling with friends, something was kind of little. When I think about it, a little sketchy in the hotels you stay right. at, and they don't have to be yeah. they don't have to be motel sixes. They can be nice H's and yes. hotels, you guys. Okay, but but still, creepy people can work and operate in lovely surroundings. That's what yeah. I learned, you know. And they um uh, the verb I have for it is instead of pornography, I, I call it they pornograph us. And they yeah. do, yeah. They pornograph everyone, men, women, children, from the time they're small, uh, whatever chance they get to now, to now when we're targets, and later in life, yeah. Later in life. Now that brings us, as we get going down the next stairs, Bay from Gotham. Tell us about as you move to this majestic city of our country. I. You guys, you're going to just hear me say it. I've never been there, but I want to go so bad. I'm green with envy. Where else can you order Thai food at 3 in the afternoon and still get it 3 a.m.? That city that never sleeps. Bustling. Excitement. Film noirs are captive there. Love affairs are captive there. Squash bucklers. 
it just seems like it pulses with energy. Did you fall in love with the city when you first arrived to Gotham? Well, I would say um, I had more of, um, I mean, you're um, a lot more adventurous than me because when I thought of New York, I thought of um, uh, it's kind of dangerous, like the people are, you know, very uh, uh, aggressive or assertive. So I I would not have gone there, but it ended up my, another best friend of mine, she mm-hmm. ended up, um, she dropped out of school, of college, and she was working at hotels. Um, and she got transferred there to New Jersey. So since she was, and she was my very best friend out of school, I also moved there. She went to New Jersey. I was in Manhattan. And um, it was, like, very thrilling. I, I feel like I got a message to go there. Uh, you know how you, or I, they insert things in your mind to go somewhere. And for some reason, I ended up uh, living near Columbia Barnard very much, and I stayed in the Barnard dorms, and I really feel I was um, led there, led there. And I was quite enchanted by Columbia, to tell you the truth. Um, and I you stayed like in that area. Yeah. Um, and I took some classes um, okay. because I thought I would go back to school. Um, That's nice. yeah. Right. Um, uh, it was... Um, very interesting. I took classes. Then um, I ended up, uh, after I met a couple, uh, you know, I went out with one person. That didn't work out. Then I ended up in Soho. And uh, then I started that's one of the That's one of the communities in uh, Gotham's uh, major borough, uh, Manhattan. What's that okay. hood like, the neighborhood of Soho? What's oh, that like? Soho is one of the... Um, it's like a very art, artsy place, and it may—it's not Bohemian. It might have been before, but it was more um, commercialized now. But um, it's still very pleasant. Like uh, most people, when they visit here, they will definitely go to Soho. Well, I ended up there, but something strange happened. Um, my roommate, who was um, who was like at least 15 years older um, than me. She uh, she was a nice woman. She was Israeli, and she was an artist. She was an artist. But she started having severe headaches and would be in her loft, stay in her loft, and I believe they targeted her. Um, and I would be running in and out with the, uh, some nice boyfriend I had at that time. Um, so And um, she kind of didn't like... Um, uh, because it was a laugh, she didn't really want him to be around. <laughs> you know, she kind of so she didn't want to be around any couples. So I okay. kind of was always gone. And but when I would come home, she was always had a headache and was lying in the dark. So I know they targeted her. Um, then I uh, moved to another place with her. She started having financial problems. One day she said, uh, "Do you think you can move out?" in a day or so, and I said, why? And she said, well, um, she never was um, using my rent money to pay the rent. She was, like, squatting. She was doing this in, like, a couple places, so uh, she promised me that I'd live with her again, so I gave her more money, and she's a nice woman. I believe they targeted her until she got all messed up financially. Anyway, um, I just 
bumped into these kind of some sort of strange but nice characters. Um, but it gets more interesting. I'll just um, I did explore and I spent a lot of time going around happily going around New York. Um, I went to many uh, book readings. I met Gloria Steinem. I had her, uh, you know, put her sign um, put her signature, a sign a signature in a one of her latest bestsellers. And uh, then um, then they had a plan for me. And uh, well, one they had a plan for you because we're yeah. going slowly. You went to book signings, and you know it's endless the things you can they can do there. I mean, I hope before I die, I get a chance to go to Gotham. I mean, oh, I'm tired of looking at it in the movies and stuff. I'm oh, telling yeah. you, it's an exciting city. I've always wanted to go. Yeah. Um, well, you should because you were considering school. Yes, I was. I was actually accepted to Barnard, and my aunt talked me out of it, and I ended up going to a college in the Midwest, but I hated it. Yeah. Hated well, it. Um, you're very smart if you would have gotten in Barnard because at that time they weren't accepting to Columbia. So you pro- that means that you would have been going to Columbia, that you would have been accepted to Columbia. I mean, they're both wonderful schools. Barnard is a wonderful community there. Uh, too, uh, but uh, one good thing is, although you would have had a wonderful time, most likely, I have met at least two targets, and they have told me that their targeting started in school, and one of them is severely targeted, and so that that's one way to look at it that you might have been really targeted, um, very badly, and um, so in that way, maybe it's good you didn't come. Because yeah, it's definitely a targeting, highly targeting in the colleges and when people move to New York. Now, um, while you're living in Gotham and you're uh, newly graduated from college, say, did you find um, that your career job-wise was going like a breeze? Was everything connecting really nice? You had a nice boyfriend, dating, young, you know, happy times. The uh, that boyfriend, um, he was kind of uh, got kind of um, demeaning, and uh, um, so it didn't work out. Like he started putting me down, which I was not used to. Like uh, I was used to people kind of uh, because I got good grades. I don't feel mm-hmm. that smart, but I tried hard, so I was not used to being demeaned. <laughs> so I kind of um, didn't keep seeing him. Um, then I met a few other people who just weren't um, that interesting at the time. I always liked the one who they uh, sabotaged the relationship with, um, who I met from my the school in the Midwest. But that didn't work out. And they even sabotaged my talking with him now. Oh, uh, yeah, they definitely do that. Um, uh, yes, um, as far as my career, I majored in business. But for some reason, they sabotage that um, uh, pretty much, or they they made me have feelings, um, anti-business feelings. So I really was more happy in a nonprofit environment. What ended up, and they had a plan for me, was uh, to go into humanitarian work. And what's funny is I would have gone into social work, but I never... They can keep things away from you. I never, ever saw a social work catalog of classes. Never in my life have I seen that until like uh, maybe a couple of years ago. 
I would have gone into that, but no, they don't want you to know anything about social work because that's where a lot of the uh, hurts are. Oh. Yeah, that's um, where a lot, at least in New York. And um, um, so I uh, ended up um, in hum- humanitarian work. And the funny thing is, the way I got one of my first jobs uh, was total manipulation. Um, I just had a feeling to go to the New York Public Library. It's the one that is in movies. Uh, the one that breakfast at Tiffany's yeah. with the stairs going up and everything? Uh, the two big lions in front uh, oh, on yeah. Fifth Avenue. Yeah, it's the main library. Well, I walk in there, and it's so surreal. I walk in there, and I go to a floor because I, need, I want to find a job. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is one of my first jobs in New York. I'd say the first main one. I walk in there, and I go to one of the um, little uh, rooms that have directories, those giant directories, those heavy ones. Mm-hmm. I just take it out without thinking, uh, and it's the directory of all these um, um, companies. And I open it up. It opens up to one page, uh, one page there, and then I take my index finger, and I point to something. Then I look at it, and it's this organization I call it, and what do you know? They say, come on in, and I end up working there. Wouldn't you know? You know it's, wow. Yeah, it's totally set up. That's what I mean. They can control um, um. opening a book. They pointed me to the exact thing. There is something. You know how nowadays they talk of the Internet of Things, mm-hmm. where the Internet will be around us and you won't need a iPad or computer anymore? Well, it feels like what I went through. Like I walked in there, I opened a book to the page and put my finger on exactly where they wanted me to work. You know, I called there and I worked. And guess what it was? It was um, it was a place that does all the relief. Um, all the, It's like an umbrella organization for all the relief um, groups who they fly food and everything to different countries who are at war. So this was like very important for Perth, you know. Mm-hmm. They would want someone. So I became like a mole over there. Of course, I was very excited because CNN would call a lot, and I'd help answer phones. I was like, um, um, they gave me some work, um, but, you know, uh, even that was sabotage. They had, uh, even though I had a paid work, it was government-funded, and they would have me get used to having low amounts of money by mm-hmm. having the, the government funds would come there every few months, and so we'd have to wait and wait for uh, the funding to come. So me and a few other girls would be waiting and waiting for it. And it's, it's so that I would not get used to having um, a huge uh, paycheck and probably not get a car and stuff and drive because I loved driving. You know, when you have a car and you drive, it's like a whole, that's a really part of modern life that I really miss. I regret it, you know. Did you overall like the job? Did you find it fulfilling? Were you pretty happy there? Well, they really placed me there. I was, um, it was very thrilling because a lot of international things would happen. And I was not from that kind of um, uh, family or community. Like, I didn't know 
um, it was an international, um, inter- like international affairs type thing. And so I admired people who came in. And plus, this is where I met someone who they wanted to put me in a trafficking type organization. So th- mm. this this was a hub place. And one time I met a woman who worked, they had a meeting there, and she worked at the UN. And this is how I ended up going there. This is where they ultimately wanted me to go. And so I ended up working for her. Um, and uh, uh, she, a lot of people don't know about this, but there's a whole community of activists. I would say they're more advocates. And over there, you, um, you get, um, you, you meet a lot of different activists, and it, it's all, it all uh, revolves around the UN, UN conference. UN conferences, all that, and it was very exciting to me, extremely exciting, um, because it was new, and plus, because I, I love, you know, that kind of field. Uh, but I feel, I feel they get really... into me. They, uh, the way um, um, perps work is they can do something to make you extremely interested in something, and it becomes your life mission. I believe that's how... Um, uh, someone like Snowden, mm-hmm. he, he was um, manipulated. Uh, he was already um, growing up probably very much into social um, uh, equality and all that. But what they do, I'm, I'm sure there are several people who, who were like Snowden and would have, would have um, uh, stood up for people. But what they do is they hold back those people or even uh, can assassinate those people, and they chose him. Because I believe um, it seems to be a sort of um, um, eugenics-type group, and they only want whistleblowers. They want the heroes to have a certain last name. And so they knew Snowden, I'm sure, from his whole life because his family was worked for the government. So they would know him. And he's like the anti-hero, but he's also very heroic, right? Yes, he is. Everyone admires him. Um, and I feel they did the exact same thing to me. They can rev up your uh, excitedness for something, uh, like your you um, for um, equality so you, or yeah, human rights. Human rights. And, so it almost gave yeah. you say that you feel like this is a working, you know, in this capacity that you have like a, a zeal, a passion for your job, a passion. You really enjoyed what you were doing. Yes, I did, and it didn't have to do with money, and so they kind of would keep you uh, working in things but not looking after your career. Uh, as a matter of fact, they would have something running in my mind that money is evil, and because I grew up with always being very comfortable, mm-hmm. I thought that I felt like, oh, I'm being like a sort of like a hippie, and this is me, uh, like I'm uh, running after justice, you know, doing all these wonderful things. Um, and not um, did your me. parents, by you having it so well growing up, did your parents have an understanding sort of with your new, uh, I don't know, are you going to call it hippie, bohemian? Were they okay with that, or did they want you business uh, go after the money? What did they think? Or? Um, they would, uh, no, they would be more career-minded, but what happened to my family, how I ended up there is my mother ended up, they um, assassinated my mother. And mother. I, I called your mother. That. They definitely murdered her 
And how they do it is, as with many targets, they use a certain cancer. What is the number one cancer most people hear about that um, uh, herps, um, uh, that targets? It's pancreatic. What they did is um, they gave my mother pancreatic cancer, and she died. Um, they it was um, she found out she was ill uh, right after Thanksgiving, which they do during the holidays. They might um, get a diagnosis going. Then she died six months later, two days before her birthday. And because she was very outspoken, she was like the um, stronghold of our family. Everything revolved around her, so our family kind of fell apart after that. Our, I mean, our father was wonderful, but he was um, a more quiet man, um, but a wonderful, very stable father. Um, but when you lose your mother, and she would have kept us, um, she was also pretty strict. I found out later, she was so outspoken, I thought, she's unusual for an Asian uh, person, but her mother was part Italian, and actually I met her mother, uh, who was grew up in uh, the Asian country, but I believe her parents were immigrants from Italy. So I think my mother was more, um, um, had that Italian part in her because she also would advise my father of a lot of political things going on in his uh, medical groups. She was very savvy, street savvy. So anyway, they, um, uh, I call that murder, and other targets, they use that word too, because they do kill off our relatives. And I am, uh, I just don't want this, to see this happen to, I see this uh, just going on. If your family doesn't believe it, it goes on to the other generations. Uh, we and, become, I, I wonder if we, in essence, we become, as we are generational, that it just moves, you know, down the continuum. We're sort of marked and in essence our families are marked and the next generation more than likely is marked as well. Right. And uh, they are are manipulated to stay away from us or to not believe us and that makes them very easy for the uh, perps to get Uh, in their lives. Mm -hmm. It seems to do that. It seems to me that it's a it, whatever wavelength of thinking, the mind control, whatever you want to describe it, it seems that it impairs us from common sense and street smart. Because if you just like, you know, blurt things out like a three or four year old, you just realize the wave that they want us on doesn't make any common sense. You know what I mean? And right. it's, it's, do you feel living in Gotham, the entire city is blanketed with this? Even as you look at right. do you feel it? Taken over? Uh-huh. Oh, I only say that because in recent years, um, I believe now it's over, everyone. But I'll say that when this started for me, uh, when I first came, I don't believe it was over everyone. But um, a, a lot of things changed. I had a happy time, although there were some strange things happening in uh, Manhattan. But when I moved to Queens, that's when. Um, I believe it was kind of set up where I would move um, because um, uh, it seemed like the landlord of this, the old landlord strangely died, and so this apartment was available. And the landlord, the young landlord, I believe her father 
strangely also died of a heart attack. And so she inherited the building, and she didn't know anything about buildings. So she was very nice, but she kind of left it up to the sleeper, and I believe he was involved with the, this mafia that um, Professor Martinez talks about, the illegal alien mafia. Um, yes, and so a lot of um, a lot of things happened here. I noticed, like you're talking about uh, something over the city, I felt something when I came to Queens. I, um, I remember walking around Queens, and I thought it was nice because there's more yards. In Manhattan, it's very condensed. Okay, uh, that's true. Yeah, here they had a lot more rose bushes and flower bushes. It was a lot prettier, and there was a small backyard. So I was kind of enchanted by that. Um, okay. Yeah. But and distance-wise, I guess I want to know distance-wise, moving from Manhattan to Queens, how far of a subway is that, hypothetically, if you had to work in Manhattan? How, how far is the commute from there? Uh, this is very, very convenient. It's only 12 minutes to Grand Central. So I was as close as if I lived in Manhattan because I lived all over Manhattan, many mm-hmm. places, um, many places. And some, it, sometimes it takes less time from where I am uh, in Queens uh, than if I lived in Manhattan because uh, it's an easy transfer. Um, I can easily get anywhere there. But what happened was I remember walking around uh, Sunnyside in the very beginning and thinking, wow, there's something really weird here. Um, it's like this sad or sad feeling or a cloud-like feeling. Um, here, it's like there's um, something over this neighborhood. I felt there was something. Now, I don't know if it was just over me, but I heard they do this to certain neighborhoods. Like in Long Island, there's a neighborhood where everyone's all messed up. Uh, there's a part of Long Island that um, they have towers over there. Um, um, so I, I have know. heard some things interviewing some speakers in the past. Kevin Christensen mentioned his neighborhood has all of a sudden went to, to drugs. You know what I'm saying? They can do yeah. that. Social yeah. engineering. They can put a cloud on some neighborhood. And yeah. I think, yes, yes, it's a type of eugenics. And all of a sudden, not only are they poor, they become impoverished because when you're yeah. drug or alcohol addicted, your dreams are then completely stomped. It's, oh, um, yes. And, um, you know. That Ray Charles um, podcast, Ray Charles Jr. podcast, which is on um, FFCHS's uh, old things, it's, it's very, um, he tells so much. He says that he would go into rehab, he would be completely cured, he worked very hard to get off drugs. Then as soon as he came out, um, a lawyer would hand him money, and then it's like he felt like the brain was like a computer. Then his mm-hmm. brain would automatically snap back, snap back to where he was before he went into the rehab. So they can do that. I believe they can. There are people who do get over drugs, but then they can take the brain, the perps, then take the brain back, back to where you. And so there's all um, these relapses, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that is that is so um, evil, cruel to put people back into it. That or alcoholism, you know. Um, so this evil has been going on a long, long time. Uh, there have been these uh, Nazis um, having a wonderful time messing up people's lives. Now, 
when you moved, <clears throat> you thought at first, oh, I've never lived in the uh, other borough of the Queens. You're leaving Manhattan, which you, you know, living many years now in Gotham, you knew Manhattan very well, but the Queens was like a, a different borough. You you know, right. you had to get your bearings. You didn't know that, you know, what the, that hood would be. Like you said, it was right. more more homes and front yards and backyards, yeah. more room uh-huh. in general, right? That's condensed. Uh-huh, right. Kind of. You know, more room. You felt more roomy. The sidewalks weren't overflowing with people. Probably wasn't as noisy, I, I take it, as Manhattan could be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. In some ways, it was um, uh, very nice because, as I said, there were bushes and everything. But um, and it was um, um, it's part. It's known if you look in books, known to be an Irish American community. But there's mm-hmm. also a, a Latino part and other parts, and some people move in. And only very recently has it turned kind of uh, where they have more transient uh, people, I mean, uh, young people with money uh, coming in because uh, they're moving all over the place, like Williamsburg, Brooklyn, and now um, they're moving into Sunnyside, which I understand because it's very convenient to Manhattan. Okay. Uh, And then yet yet the rents are more uh, reasonable to pay, of course. Yes. Yes. That's good. And it's convenient to get to Manhattan. Um, And then when you live there, do you feel, um, as you state as you live right now, say, how how do you feel even being in this borough? Do you feel safe or do you feel happy? Well, I have been trying to get out of this place. I got divorced. And... um, well, that's right. You had a marriage, divorce. Yeah. Um, when did you marry? Did you marry in that You met your husband in um, Manhattan? Yeah, in Manhattan. And, uh, uh, you know, there were things about him that I wasn't happy with, but they decide who you will be with. So I was with um, that person, and it would have been okay. Like, a, And uh, um, everything would have been fine, and maybe we would divorce later, you know, friend, mm-hmm. as friends. But what happened was they they really controlled him, and he was always a lot of the time gone, especially at night. Um, mm-hmm. um, uh, like he would have a nighttime job, so of course he'd be gone then. But um, they would kind of keep him away because his personality growing up, uh, his sister told me that he would always be wandering around. So anyway, they knew he was this kind of wanderer. So me, I'm the type who will wait, wait for a person. He had mm-hmm. cars. Um, several cars that would get sabotaged all the time by perks, uh, which uh, he did, we didn't realize looking back. But I was um, I was the type who kind of stayed, and um, they they put this depression thing on me. So um, I I could have gone and like um, I when I was in Manhattan I worked a lot. But here, they kind of sabotaged me with the marriage. I got isolated. Um, um, and I kind of dropped off from my friends. Because when they get you, this is why um, targets really need to be saved. Because we have spent several years figuring out what happened to us. And so we can actually help the rest of the population. Um, I think we can. You know, we can figure out so many things, but we get killed off or we get sabotaged and isolated. Like, um, they they weren't really that um, bad on me until I got divorced. Now, as one, one of your callers put it, um, 
she became like property. Or like um, someone told her they're bidding on you, there's a bidding war. I don't yeah. know about that, but I certainly feel like whenever in the last um, five years, when it got, um, I was unhappy with the marriage and, and was really thinking divorce, I'm really like a property and they just keep me here. Whenever I even think of uh, getting a new job, because I'd be happy in almost anything. Um, you know, I'm very optimistic and I'd love it doing a small business, um, anything like that, or helping people. Um, but even if it's in my mind, they will start targeting me hard. So that's when I really had a revelation when Professor Martinez, she really gave so many details that only an insider like her could tell. She said that they don't want you to keep the job because they have, I, I fully believe that they have, um, but they have bought and sold my identity. And uh, they're just, uh, if I wouldn't have told people um, um, or been on your calls, they might have killed me off, you know, uh, because they're ready to go on to the rest of your family. You know, if there's other people, they'll just go on. Um, but yes, I feel that uh, they have done horrible things to me when I have, even in my mind, when I, very optimistic and think I'm going to go out, you know, because I, I know how to network and um, talk to people and stuff, but they don't want it. Um, they're keeping such a hold that I know that they have done something with my identity. I'm it, positive. It yeah. Well, Faye, let's go ahead. We're going to take a momentary break. We're going to pick up everyone on the other side of the break, and we're going to start kind of going into um, more, a little bit expound in that detail, how they stop us, stop us. The steering becomes more micromanaged. We can even feel the turns going left and right as they are keeping us on a road of isolation and despair while living in that wonderful city top. And we're going to return, everyone, just a few minutes. And we're going to do this. Post holiday time. I'm sure we're all going to have a wonderful time in a couple of weeks. Christmas time has always been special. Oh, unfortunately, I don't celebrate. It's been 10 years, but beautiful music has been written during that time. I was born to celebrate Christmas most of my life. Oh, my aspects, religious choices, have brought me sadly that I no longer can celebrate. But I get a little cheerful this time of year. And what I really find glory in it, not the gifts or even the materialistic money, it's the time with family and close friends, sharing a drink, talking, connecting. We as targeted individuals are robbed of that. Connection. Caring. There are many handles among us. It's one of the most vulnerable times of the season. I pray that all targets get through this holiday safely and blessed if you celebrate. Be cautious. Everyone and everything that looks good is not. How do we tell each other in the human heart and spirit wants company and connect that it's not for us? How do we really say that? 
as the year closes, we're going to keep picking up the carousel soda and spin around that new one. More discussions on sex trafficking and stripping the illegal alien mafia. Corruption in our private and governmental municipalities. Social engineering, eugenics. Our world is unstable. It's on fire. The kindling is set. Just needs the proper match. We cannot trust anything anymore. That final slide that I hold precious. The entire. This is testing our spirituality. Oh, Chris will come and go. Friends, far sleeping. Love, love, the nature of love. I can't count on that anymore. But God, save the same. Catch my podcast as I am driven and compelled to only speak truth. Saturday night at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to connect the dots. Let's join our guest speaker, Say from Gotham, as we continue the Asian American experience. Say with that on the other side of the bridge. You always studied all of your life, driven, Desire to be the best. Live many years in that majestic city of Gotham that is a masterpiece in itself. The good, the bad, the ugly. It's still one of, I feel it's one of the world's blunders in my book. Now you're going through this difficult time. The marriage is not going in like you would want it to go. Do you feel at times where they... Did they sabotage your marriage? Um, Definitely. I feel they manipulated him to stay away. And uh, we were thinking of having children, of course, uh, but we never talked about it because uh, they do things with my mind where you... I'll overthink things, so I just thought, well, let me wait and see. Because, uh, you know, time passes, and uh, uh, you're wondering, uh, you know, that's why most people get married. Um, I just, um, we never talked about it, and I just assumed uh, something uh, went wrong, or uh, then, uh, <clears throat> oh, yeah, something happened. His his own uh, family started to be getting killed. A couple of people... Uh, mysteriously died, and I feel they were, that was definitely this mafia doing that. They got, one was, uh, they were both in, outside of New York. But they were his very close relatives. So uh, these things happened, and the marriage just kind of, um, uh, you know, didn't go well. But we were planning to have, uh, I assumed it was an unspoken thing, having children. And so I do regret that. 
because uh, uh, it's really not fair. One thing I noticed, uh, one thing that uh, Professor Martinez said that recently I found very interesting, she said that the communities we're in, if we stay in them long enough, you might see that it becomes 98% the mafia. And that is what happened. I see that um, uh, I have been here long enough um, on different sides of this uh, um, this neighborhood. There are two sides. There's a more Latino side, then there's an Eastern European side. And I have a friend on the other side, and she, uh, she said that she notices that all of a sudden, people who are always around her, and she's targeted that doesn't know it, um, she said all of a sudden, uh, the, a lot of the Eastern European women will suddenly have three children. And I noticed that um, where, where I am. And I believe that char- uh, the perks, they want, their, their handlers want them to have children because they train them. Oh, I don't, I don't suspect this. I know this. They train the little kids to be used to it. It's the only thing they know. So definitely by two years old, they're already pressing buttons and uh, uh, learning to hurt people. And even Professor Martinez has talked that uh, she went to a library and she saw a grandmother teaching the young, a toddler, how to do the, the, uh, do the cell phone, the app, to target her or her mother. Yes, you recall her saying that, actually. And... Uh... I have, uh, children have played a part in my sisters and I targeting, and that has went to my mind uh, at one point, definitely living in Los Angeles. I kept saying, oh, God, did the whole family hurt? You know, that's what I was first thinking. Yeah, that's what it is, from the toddlers to the grandparents. The seniors are involved, too. I mean, it's, it's uh, you have to get used to it. And I noticed um, that you and uh, myself and uh, uh, I just don't see a lot of targets uh, coming to the point where they uh, they believe people can do this to them, and they don't. Uh, they're like in shock, and they'll keep talking about um, that they would never do this to people. You have mm-hmm. to get over. You have to get over that. You can't be naive about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I'm way over that uh, part. And when you get over that, and you know that people can do this, and that there really are people who. Uh, can do things that the Nazis did to uh, worse than what they did in uh, World War II at the camp. But some of the things are even worse now with all the technology. But you have to, uh, you have to get over the hump of not believing people can do it because they can. They yes. some people will do it just for money, or some people really enjoy doing it. Some mm-hmm. people don't have a conscience, or they can take out their conscience. You're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. And now I want to go right into this moment, say, the moment, uh, maybe it's two part. When did it hit you over 10 years ago that you were targeted? And when did it hit you that, oh my God, am I a victim of human trafficking? Did it come the same time? Or? Um, well, I used to listen, um, 
listen very closely to all the podcasts before I was uh, really uh, targeted hard. All I would get were like bad headaches. But then someone came on and he talked about how he was being raped and they would come into his home and then um, then another target, uh, she mentioned rape. And so I started getting scared. So a couple of years before anything strange like that, I knew there were break-ins and then, but I, um, I, uh, was already wary, but I noticed I, uh, they started uh, breaking in um, a couple years after I first, a couple years after uh, I was isolated and, you know, they were having a strange, like, loud family-making noises here. Did that occur after post-your divorce or were you still married? No, during. During. What they do is they... They have the rest of your family, especially the men members. They all just, you can tell them every detail, but they just won't believe it or it won't register. And um, I have spent hours and hours, I'd say years, telling, trying to tell my family and uh, trying to tell my ex-husband. It does not register, either because either they don't want to believe it or um, actually... They may believe it, but they, it's just too much for them. They won't yes. believe it. Yeah, in the mind of a man, he is the problem solver, and he feels like, wait a minute, this is happening in you know in my house to my wife, and I can't see it. Something's got to be going on. Do you think that's did it frustrate him, sort of? Well, they really think that um, they just don't believe it. Because uh, for a while <laughs> I was thinking, oh, they may believe it, but they don't know what to do. They Something is that the handlers do to the cause our um, our uh, our spouses or any family members are also handled in some way. No, they uh, they don't believe it. Their mind is turned to think that we are. It, it isn't true. It's something mm-hmm. like that. So um, I don't want to end it up because I want you to finish it. It thought out that there's something going through my mind when you in your mind when you mentioned handler. Do you think the handler can be remote or usually it's physically a person near us or our family? Is a handler like an actual living person? Um, a lot of times it is, and they definitely use my husband at the time and then ex-husband. Even now um, it is, because, uh, uh, definitely, because um, uh, in my case and with other, you just learn to trust someone. And then if they give you trouble or they're jealous of something, then you will drop off your friends. You'll want the marriage to work or something. And so I put too much trust in that person because I, um, because I thought they were similar to my father, uh, though now I see they aren't really. Um, they aren't. A, um, he isn't a bad person, but he was totally manipulated um, to be a handler, even now. Um, uh, even now, um, him and uh, family members, they can also become handlers just through what they say to you, through what they say, how they think. They only want um, you to do certain things or go see someone, you know. So they function. To me, it's just, just like being a handler. Mm. 
Um, do you feel like they assist in the sabotaging of your life then? Um, uh, no, not my family members, but I would say my the ex-husband, uh, uh, they were able to use him as one. And so, right, it's as if, uh, it's as if I had a real handler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, yeah, it's like the same thing. Uh, because then I've been effectively isolated. And that's what they want. We we uh, we need to, um, our group needs to be saved because then we can um, we can identify what is happening with other people because this is all around the nation now. I mean, it's going. Uh, I want to just break in, and I want everyone right now to please pick up what Say of Gotham just said. This is around all our nation. So if you have it in your little mind that it's only jumping, it's only jumping off like this in our mega city. But trust me, you can be in a community with 500, and you got a perp there too, if you know what I mean. This is all over. Yes, it's spread. It spreads, and it, um, that's what they've been doing. I think the um, um, uh, with um, the first uh, PI group, uh, we spent a lot of time being very excited. Jesse Ventura was mentioning on his show, and it got on cable. And mm-hmm. we were thinking every year we were thinking this is the year. Um, this is the year it's going to break. And then finally, now we see it's all over, and I see... I see a difference that a lot of young people are uh, into it. And now in the community, a lot of um, um, refugee families uh, from Asia are involved. Mm-hmm. And they're going to end up, what they use is some kind of template. So first it was Latinos um, mm-hmm. who were targeting first. But then they can use, however they got used to it, they can just transfer that like some kind of bot or something. Oh, and, yeah. Yes, they can make um, an Asian uh, ethnic group just as um, bad or, you know, however, as negative as the other ones are. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, definitely. Like the Pakistanis above me, uh, there's no difference. And um, I fear them because they're doing medical And when I say that this is the polka dot elephant in the living room that no one wants to address, and and the atrocity, the biggest atrocity, it's not even properly addressed in the targeted individual community. Yet that is the I'm talking about the mother load of money making will be and always will be human sex. Trafficking. I've said it. The tape is rolling. I've said it without a doubt. And 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 the big that's the umbrella. And what spins off of that is your pedophilia and all your little you know freakish masons and secret societies. It may jump off because we live in the big cities, more direct, or we're more streetwise savvy. We can see it. But trust me, in your small you know small, small communities is going on there because you still have, you know, your little uh, masons. Remember, everybody that's in law enforcement or a firefighter, they're a knife and fork mason, but a mason's a mason. He's going to do what's told. He may not even comprehend what it involves. But in large counties, it's corruption. In small counties, it's corruption. It is all over our country. 
that's the point I want everyone picking up. And what is the biggest atrocity in the targeted individual community? Nobody will even lift their finger to say, what's that? It is the polka dot elephant in the living room under the umbrella of human sex trafficking. It makes more money than you can imagine. I know you got your grants and stuff, but they get those grants once a year. Not the way these criminals are around us. There's other means to make money. And we have a lot of vetted in the millions of illegal alien mafia, foreign nationals. You want me to call them that? Again, part of the social engineering is to mind control Americans where you, you are scared to say what, what it is. Okay, the emperor has no clothes, but you're going to say it in a, a prose or a language that's better for you. Say it like a three- or four-year-old, you're going to get it right because no PCs around it. We've got a bunch of treasonous individuals in this country. It's been taken over, period. Uh, it really is true because uh-huh. I listen to, to technocrime fighters, and they seem to understand, even the, the latest one or two uh, podcasts, uh, they actually they mentioned it uh, regarding the uh, trafficking. Um, I I am uh, for some reason they someone keeps kept leaving the names. So they would give me hints and leave it in my lobby where the mail mailboxes are. So I've been getting hints. I feel like they've been pushing me to bring this out. I have no idea why. Um, uh, it. So I have information that they actually gave to me. Uh, one day, uh, there's something about I'm in a building where it's an adjoining building. It's like two buildings together, and they share a wall. So there's two different landlords, and they share a wall. So it's called an adjoining building, landlord building. The landlord of the adjoining side is um, Eastern European, maybe Polish or something. And he did something very suspicious. Uh, now that I realize um, he spent seven years uh, always here. Why? He's just the landlord. He was always here from morning till night. I would see his car uh, parked there for seven years. And then one time I lost a cat, so I went over there and asked to see the basement, and this guy let me in the basement. The basement was, I remember thinking, this is very homey and cozy down there. It's like uh, I would have loved to live down there. You know, it's better than my apartment, um, the way it was furnished and everything. Now I realize he was down there all that time in his basement targeting me and um, a few other people in the building. So he's a bad landlord, Eastern European. And the reason I know it is because they were also targeting my ex-husband and targeting me also. Um, when my ex-spouse lived here. Uh, the adjoining wall was shared with this guy from an Eastern European country. And when I was trying to find out who the landlord was, I don't know if it was them, but then they showed me. Uh, they made it seem like it was only Mexicans who were bothering me or Latinos, but it was also very much this um, this group they were Eastern European, and these young people were from Slovak. Um, it's the other part of Czechoslovakia, 
So there's Czech Republic and there's the Slovak, Slovakia, Slovakia. Um, uh, now I looked up, they knew I would, they, they put the Con Ed bill um, near my mailbox. So I picked it up. So I knew that it was down there. Of course, I'm going to, they know I'm going to try to Google it or something. I find out that that guy living next door, his father is, was with NATO. And during the Yugoslavian War, he trained people, uh, soldiers over there. He was a trainer. And if you know anything about the Yugoslavian War, they would, um, uh, there was a lot of child rape and a lot of uh, gang rape over there. It, it's famous for that. So, and then he was, um, the father's with the UN mission. So this has some ties to NATO. Uh, it's kind of, uh, it's hard to believe, but it, it's true. Hello? I was just going to say, depending on the region of the country you're living in, your circle of perps, of course, will change. As long as we're in the big mega cities, we're going to have, of course, more diversified perps. But trust me, in, in apple pie, small town America, you've got your traffickers there. Motorcycle gangs are prevalent. Mason. And who are these people? Well, they are the disciples of the watch. So they're in every stratosphere you can imagine, in your church, in your school, in your hospital. They're involved. They're involved. So there's not a particular look anymore of who is a human trafficker. They will want it to be your own ethnicity or race. Mm-hmm. Or some other ethnicity you can demonize. And exactly. So all of you can be ignorant and socially engineered to say, I know Hispanics and they're the nicest people. I know people from Sicily. They're the nicest people. We're not talking about Sicily and people we know. Just stop it. A four-year-old would say it. We're not talking about the people. We're talking about who's after you. You know what I mean? Cut the mind control, Target. Say what it is. Right. This particular group where I live around is targeting me, and they're trafficking. Period. Okay. Uh, drop all that. Drop you know? all that PC junk. Drop, drop that shit. Okay. Right. <laughs> that, that's my social own engineering. PC, you guys, is social engineering. Yeah. They're yeah. playing with your mind. Stop it. They're playing with you. We're brighter than that. Well, even yeah. in the, even in the Midwest. Uh, before I came to New York, I had a, a short stint. I lived in Chicago, and there was an Eastern European girl from Slovakia. Uh, well, actually, I don't know if it's Slovakia in particular, but um, she tried to befriend me and traffic me. I was taking a class, um, one of those continuing education classes, and I made friends. Mm-hmm. She would always sit next to me, and she put a frequency on me that made me yeah. uh, Made me very uncomfortable. And I know Chicago pretty well. Did you meet her on the north side? Because that's usually where their cultures could blend in, right? Campus, north side. Well, there's a community that, um, there's a community there in the suburbs. From, I forgot what community. Oh, suburbs. But, um, yeah, but uh, this was in the city, and it was um, in uh, right around the, uh, uh, right in the center of downtown. Like, uh, it was some continuing ed class at the University of Chicago. 
and I took it. It was, uh, would you believe it was Latin American, um, something about Latin America, because I never had anything against Latin America. I didn't know much about it, so I wanted to learn about it, you know. This is what I mean, that it's not fair that a lot of uh, nice people, they're getting targeted, but um, the targeters yeah. don't care if you if you were kind or had concern for their ethnicity. Uh, they're, the ones that are doing this are criminals. Yes, they are. They are. Mm-hmm. And um, even tonight, you guys, I want to remind you, um, Faye keeps continuing to refer um, on some key points back to Professor Solange Martinez. Uh, you can find a lot of her tapes on the illegal alien mafia. Uh, I think we kept going up the series to part 27. She has core, valuable, factual information. Uh, it is a cabal. It is a mafia. And it is true. And in fact, vectors of that is already coming out, even in our mainstream media. Uh, I'm very, very uh, blessed have made her friendship and how I made her friendship, as well as Faye tonight speaking, uh, as well as all of you listening right now that just feel like cutting through the jive and trying to find out more truth of what's happening to us, what it's really all about, the smoke and mirrors, the, the spooky stuff they try to give us, that's all, you know, and making us all focused and being teary-eyed about boo-boo or Pookie, the corner perp, it's much bigger than that. They're just put here for a reason to hopefully keep you scared and crying where you'll just be in that little world of your, of your mind. And we know that our mind is, has the capacity for such, you know, expansion and knowledge. And uh, as I always say at every call, if you don't learn something from my call, I'll cut it in a minute because we are a new jack of targeted individuals, we think, period, okay? We'll hear what someone's saying, but we are not just going to buy everything everyone has to say. Question everyone. Question everything. And always remember, your brain still moves, okay? We have to look inside our group as well as outside because part of the manipulation is to keep us lost fear, and socially engineered, okay? Now, do you think, say, that they know that you know what they're doing to you? Do you think that's made them more aggressive towards you? Oh, yes. They have gotten uh, more aggressive. Uh, for years, I was very scared. Uh, they, um, In the beginning, they... Uh, they did something to my people. They broke it, so I couldn't see before I could. Uh, mm-hmm. They had a lot of uh, girls training here, mm-hmm. and some men, but a lot of uh, Latina women and a few okay. other ethnicities. So this okay. is like uh, they use they use us to train a lot of people, and this then is fanned out across the country. Uh, it doesn't mm-hmm. stay in New York, you know. Oh, no, 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 no. Right. no, no. I think the main training are the hubs in the big city, and they move them out. And, you know, we're just speaking maybe people from other countries, but trust me, a lot of traffickers are home-born USA, too. And women are especially utilized trafficking. Who can get next to children and women but another woman? I'm so glad you brought that up because uh, this has been going on. Children grow up really fast, and 
the parents may have an accent or something, but the kids don't. Just like me, me, you can't uh, tell, uh, you know, what I am just by how mm-hmm. I speak. Um, it's the same like a lot of the kids who are definitely perks and dangerous are a- actually um, uh, grew up with it at two. And now uh, people grow up, there are people who are close to in the late 20s now who have been doing this. And so I imagine generations have um, grown up with this, not just Eastern Europeans who are here too. They're doing it here too. And uh, their populations are growing. Um, that's how the handlers want it. That they, each one, if you see a man with a stroller and he has a newborn, um, mm-hmm. you people assume it's, oh, that's a nice father and he's with his kid. Or um, Most likely, and if they're around you, um, a high percentage of the time, and um, if they are from another country, if he is, um, mm-hmm. or maybe even not, he is um, part of it, and he's uh, tracking you. This, this has happened many times. Um, you know, uh, when I say something, I don't say it out of prejudice or anything. It's because many it's hundreds never taken times, that hundreds way. Times, yeah, hundreds it's times. Never taken seen, that way. Right, um, and when I talk about Latinos, because many times I've guessed and I thought, oh, that boy seems so nice. Him or his family would never do this. Then I find out they. They do. So you can never go by how kind or nice someone is. You can't. It's just um, the computer can change. They have control of the whole personality, the whole movement of everyone. They can. Yeah. Now, I wanted to, um, well, let me kind of, let me kind of um, ask you this. Uh, Not skipping around, Faith. Everyone can tell. We're going to take this very slow in many parts. Um, When you say that they'll, you know, that your experience, they sabotage a lot of your romantic prospects with boyfriends, uh, without a doubt, they sabotage your marriage. Um, If they'll take away a significant other from us, have they ever geared you to someone they will allow you to date or or have you tried to have recent relationships with men? Um, were they targeted, affected, normal, or what's been your experience with that since your marriage? Well, um, that's pretty recently, and I did meet someone. And oh, good. Recent, yeah. But, you know, as with um, another thing I've noticed, because I've been so isolated, I really can tell how how they how um, one person can be manipulated. So I can tell within myself how even texting this person, I was getting over. I was getting um, what's the word? They can overcome you when you are texting, and you you get uh, they can control you, your feelings, everything, um, and somehow uh, just like how. They can control what you like or dislike. They can control who you like. And so I've been in this sort of thing that uh, because uh, we physically are not compatible because he he has gone through something in his past regarding sadism, which is not compatible with me. I mean, I want to I want to 
I'm I want to save my family. So I you know, my um well being is important. Not that he he is a very nice guy, but he told me a story, um, which I can go into detail another time. But there's the way they train people. Uh, mm-hmm. he is he is not a pedophile, but he has a slight um sadism thing. Um, which was trained into him. He had a woman handler come and he was a girlfriend for a year. And uh, I'm sure they trained him a certain way. And it becomes, for status, it becomes their way of life. You know, just like how we think we are Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are, but we are also amplified into that too. Um, and so they can amplify you to really feel strongly about that uh, your sexuality is this way or that way. Anyway, he, um, right, so I don't feel I'm as compatible with him. But uh, there are so many wonderful things about him. So it's hard to let go of a person who they're putting frequencies on you and you have all those feelings you really like the person. Mm -hmm. Um, He's similar to someone who I did admire a lot in the past. Uh, So they can, uh, so I feel they're sabotaging me now because I don't want to go forward with that person. Um, and I'm fearful for him because they're keeping him alone. Uh, I believe they are pornographing and trafficking him. Um, yeah, because of things I saw in his uh, in his life, uh, they're keeping him away from having a relationship. Then he's always alone. Then they get you on um, uh, whatever is your weakness, drugs or whatever. And they can enter you. Uh, I saw I saw that happen. They can enter you and make a person more violent than they actually are, or they can make someone a pedophile. Oh my God! Uh, yeah, there's ways. Um, uh, there are several ways they can make people into pedophiles. Without them, they never would have been. And um, I definitely am not saying he he didn't have that problem. Yeah. Do you think um, when they have you isolated like this, is it, what is your, like, uh, psychic like? Do you think sometimes they can make you feel angry a lot or you more even more, you know, upset? Uh-huh. Uh, yes. Um, they've demonstrated different things. I know I feel terrible when I hear of people um, being suicidal or suiciding themselves. Uh, part of those could actually be murders and then set up as suicide um, because I heard that um, they, the police don't investigate it if they, so much. They don't really get into it, um, invest, uh, searching everything if it's a suicide. So mm-hmm. people could get away with homicide from that. But um, there's a frequency they used years ago, and I know it's definitely artificial. It is worse than any natural suicidal feeling. It is the worst. It just came down on you, uh, can come down on you and with this sickness. And if it can make a person who has no idea about it think even if they're a tiny bit upset at a person or maybe they got a bad grade or just something minor, mm-hmm. they can amplify this a million, you know, many, many times. And you can, like, jump off out a window or something from it. It is so horrific. 
our people have talked about it on the calls a couple of times, so I confirmed it. Well, the, you know, they can they can manipulate our emotions, you guys. I, I they've done that to me a few times myself. I felt like it was sort of something pressing down on my my brain almost. You know what I mean? You know, they can make you more heightened, more upset that things wouldn't have upset you before, or or the opposite, more passive. Yeah. Oh, right. They can take it out of you, too. Mm-hmm. They can remove your will. And I um I was definitely about four years ago. Uh, there were two girls. Uh, one was um, Bangladesh national. The other mm-hmm. one uh, seemed um, American, but um, she might not have been. And they were going to school at the CUNY. It's the New York CUNY, that City University School of mm-hmm. Human Rights Law of all things. Human mm-hmm. Rights Law. And they stayed in this building. They were targeting me very severely. They were female. And mm-hmm. um, it was sexual targeting um, I, and, and I really I really want to stress this about the eyes of a, of a trafficker they can be your dentist your lawyer your doctor college student there's no certain type of what they look like uh, as we already heard with Professor Martinez they can assassinate United States citizens when they want to steal their identity and still be boldly on the internet you know, Commissioner Diana Daines in the Livingston County, she cares about the safety and social, you know, all these social attributes of social services, you know what I mean, for families in America. They can have their bold Chuck E. Cheese smile picture on the Internet, and they are human traffickers, murderers. Yeah, and you even said... Right, you said that college students, uh, women are traffickers. There are a lot of college students across America are traffickers. They get something for each time. They cargo human beings for sexual services. They get paid anywhere from four to six hundred dollars because they're already figuring out how much money they're going to get on those chimney shoes. Shoes, okay? Yes, yes. Yeah, and a, a lot of them are in our schools. A lot of principals, nurses, grandmothers don't trust anybody. If you have this, this in your mind that you have to look a certain way and have these crazy tattoos and be a, in a motorcycle club with the Hell's Angels, you are naive. Yeah, and they can be your good friends, just like you. They could be, your, uh, your, be um, your good friends. Your your good friends. Her child. Yeah. that's right. They can turn. Anybody. We just had an interview, remember, a few days ago with Karen Stewart. She lived in that community since she, she was a college. These are neighbors she knew all of her life. That's 30 years plus. They are turning on her and her family. A certain, they can be every, every look, every economic background, every race, every sexual orientation. Yeah. Let me really cover it. I'm t- check it out, everybody. We're talking about the polka dot elephant in the living room. Start looking at it and asking questions. That's your money maker. In this program, ask yourself one thing. If it was just experimentation, why so much asset stripping, murder, rape, pedophilia? Think about it. Too much going on for just one entity. Think about it. There's yeah. too much going on. Just common sense, there's too much going on. 
like too much diversity. Well, from what I noticed, uh, most targets, they get impoverished. They get blacklisted from work. That's right. Their um, income possibilities go way down. Now, for me, me, that, that means a lot of targets, I'd say a very high percentage of them would definitely be um, something the mafia would be interested in, or this yeah. mafia may have may have uh, caused it to happen. So this mafia just, is not over just us, like as traffic people. It's over most targets. That's why I'm concerned that uh, the rest of the community has not really heeded this. Uh, they don't understand yet that uh, this... Uh, yeah. It's a racket. We're involved in racket. And we can see it in the other aspects. Corruption is rampant in our country. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yes. I mean, look at, the, look at the, as I call it, the gutting of America. Your big cities, no wealth. Your small cities, no wealth. Look at everything. Gutted. Look at all of a sudden people. There's nobody that's safe. You've got fires in various, what, Los Angeles to San Diego right now, burning down. Now wealthy people got to run out of their house. It's burnt. It's gone. Right. And there is um, uh, handlers. I'm very concerned about um, uh, people's handlers. They even have done something to two girls, um, right, uh, like one uh, across the street. They have just started targeting her. And I don't know if for schizophrenia, she's um, in high school. I dread that. I'm going to try to talk with the uh, family. They already did that with um, uh, another girl, and they make them lose their hair, so that traumatizes them as a young kid. And one uh, girl looks so frightened. I just see this spreading. They just want to make money. They don't care. They don't and, care. Uh, right, and they're trafficking. And they're trafficking. At the same time. And yeah. in the use of the weapons, it, it is what uh, uh, I like to keep it with the techno-crime fighters call it. Dr. Horton is right. These are war crimes, crimes against humanity. And we should want everyone involved in this to pay. No deal. Yeah. Is there anything yeah. else you'd like to add at this time? Again, Faye, we're going to go in the process of this very slow. Yes, I apologize because I know I'm uh, kind of spitting out a lot of facts. And thank God that you're, like, keeping track and so that it, it will be decipherable. It will really be because, because I think you want the whole community listening right now to know there's not a certain – you're just describing your the groups that are targeting you. but. That, but get it out of your mind that that's the only group that targets. That's what I want everybody to know, you know. And um, on this call, we're cutting the PC jazz. I can see right through that, okay? No, 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 no. They're going to have you all weird and stuff and scared that you'll be, you know what I mean? We think we know overall if we're, if we're using any of the isms here, okay? It's not. But uh, we know that we're being kind of um, out there if we can't describe what our perpetrators are and their motives of apparatus. And I really do revere and respect Professor Martinez staying on point and describing this mafia because it has, it's not even a question, it is coming out. It is out, okay? They've got a whole bunch of Mexican nationals from Mexico that are on the run. Please look at week, I think it's November 8th of Dr. William Mount on YouTube. He had the pictures. 
threw the pictures up. He said, these people are trafficking. And they were all ages from 20s to 40s, trafficking and, and also stealing. He said, and stealing, they had on their possession a lot of driver's license from American citizens that oh. wasn't them. Yeah. He's yeah. coming out. As she eloquently spoke about in our Legal Alien Mafia series, the Mafia members are not only foreign nationalists, I can't stress it again, they're Americans born right here on this soil. Americans yeah. that may work in hospitals all the way up to your grand White House in the end realm of politics. A lot of members, because there's a lot of money, money. Well, it's terrible what they're doing because uh, we are, we could be disappeared at any time. At any time. Yeah. They can uh, just grab us. They have, um, I've watched this community go from quite poor to the same people, the same, you know, same, pretty much same type of people having uh, brand new SUVs and um, brand new SUVs and Another thing uh, uh, people don't talk about is we have these cute little pedigree dogs. Ever since, you know, the Boston bombing, Mm -hmm. uh, these uh, dogs came out and they used them. I think there's an RFID chip. They use it as a tracking tracking device to track us. Mm -hmm. So they they have cars. They have um, many of uh, Target's benefits. Um, they make extra money too. Uh, plus, they have these cute little dogs, and they have um, supposedly their family's having fun. But um, you know, they seem to have a wonderful life. But who knows what kind of um, strange things are happening within their family? The way they do, uh, they target other people. There may be some really disgusting things happening in their own families. And to know that we have, a lot of us um, have a chip in us, like we have a chip to find the location of our pet. You guys, what is that? But trafficking, again, human trafficking is slavery. It's taking another, a human being taking another human being against their will for the use of either sexual um, forced labor, that would be an indentured uh, servant, uh, when you take away someone's passport and freedom, it's slavery, which was abolished over 153 years ago. Human trafficking is slavery. I'm going to reduce it down because I am a woman who's going to constantly point, scream, and shout at that polka dot elephant in the living room that has a big poster sign off his head called human trafficking. That's all roads lead to money, and that's the biggest. That's complete exploitation. I'm at the point that I even feel this whole targeting jazz is just a cover for human trafficking. Yes. There's just too many players, too much diversity to be one thing. It's just too much. Too much, yes, too many people involved. That's, yeah. Widespread, yeah. That's, that's mm-hmm. a very important point, yeah. It's too diversified, isn't it? No. 
and maybe because we are from the bigger cities, it's really, guys, not as covert for us, if you know what I mean. By being so diversity, these criminals are sort of in our cities and telling them what, what you know, we want to hear. Uh, I believe even uh, techno-crime fighters are discussing human trafficking. They're getting it, too. They're getting it. Addressing it. So please cross-reference to my series with uh, Professor Solange Martinez, and they also trafficked um, the United States citizens by their governmental benefits and such. So you're not going to get your retirement a part of this. They're going to kill you off. Someone's going to step into your identity and claim your retirement. A lot of us are being held out on our Social Security disability. A lot of us are futurely blacklisted. They job strip us, house strip you. That means they remove those things from you. A lot of us have faced illegal evictions. Our rights can't be met. We are entitled at poverty level since we're a targeted individual for a lot of governmental programs that what? We're withheld. Medical attention withheld. That will go into another matter. Faye, what would you say the main Lasting advice, and we're going to continue this and pick it up even in more detail. When you realize what they're doing to you, and all of a sudden they realize that you knew what they were up to, human traffickers, do you feel that they are less covert with you now? I noticed that... uh... Uh, I was very surprised, and I remember calling you to tell you I was very alarmed because um, uh, the main uh, trackers in my neighborhood were these uh, young drug dealers, which I didn't know they were, but uh, a friend of mine, she pointed that out to me the other year. I didn't know, I knew they stood around a lot, but I didn't know for sure they were into drugs, but she said they were. Um, but I was very shocked to find out that this 20-something uh, guy who is related to the uh, one, their very uh, this Latino family upstairs, they are just horrible. Uh, they have really have uh, um, abused me so much with uh, what they have, with the uh, sexual trafficking. Um, anyway, he's related to them, and I was shocked to find out, um, he verified because he was standing the other month with the, these drug dealers. So these, those are related to the Dominican. Those ones are definitely Dominican. And I know that someone who I believe came in and violated me was a Dominican. Like, you know how they will say something to you when you're outside mm-hmm. gang, gang rape? Um, one of the Mexican uh, People were, were walking around with this Dominican guy, and I believe he is he is doing something uh, pretty bad. So at least um, the good thing is I, at least I can link it to these these uh, dangerous groups. But it also was very terrifying to know someone was in the building. And when you have the chip, um, do people know about the story about the woman in Boston? She had a chip, and then the uh, uh, she got it removed in the ER um, because the doctors believed her. This was around March of 2017, this year. 
And then uh, the police investigated. They found that it was related to trafficking. And I, yes. um, I still need to find out more. But this seems exactly the same thing because they would come very close to me. You know, not not like half a, not like a few yards away. They'd come like right, right in my face. You know, um, very very close. So that definitely sounded to me like the article that says if in trafficking they they use a chip where they have to get very very close to you most of the time. So that sounded exactly my thing, and that's one of the things that can help prove it uh, to other tar- you know other targets that they may be trafficked. And by trafficked, by trafficked, I mean they can. Um, as Kevin Christian said, they when you're asleep, they can hook you. They you can be hooked up to um, RNM. Remote mm-hmm. neuro monitoring, you sure can. Kevin yeah. Christian, everyone needs to check out uh, when I interviewed him. That's one aspect. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they're probably doing that too. Plus, real, you know, they have empty buildings around. They can just take people out. They can knock people out. And um, they can give you something where you won't remember. And um, that, sadly enough, they can manipulate your orifices. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, they demonstrated once. Um, they can open anything. That, that's why um, people may not realize anything happened, because they, they can control everything about your body. Yeah, it's So you may not have been torn or uh, hurt at all. You know that you notice. I'm sorry if that um, scares someone, but it's just the truth. Uh, no, no, this yeah. is what this is what's happening. You know what I'm saying? This is what's happening, and uh, we can no longer uh, keep these things close to our hearts anymore. We have to, and by this human sex trafficking being such a major apparatus of money, and such diversity of criminals and informants and professionals that are all on board. The psychiatric department is on board, too. There's human uh, rapists. I don't know if they're controlled or not. I don't like to think that further, but they're, they're rapists. Yeah. You know, and and I want to keep things straight. We just have to say the truth. Um, is there anything else you'd like to share? Or, say do you want to take some questions and answers at this time? Because we're going to... Um. Pick this up with your schedule uh, at a later date to be going into more detail. Uh, human trafficking, as I like to present it, uh, slowly, a little bit slowly, so we can gather better understanding. Um, I'll just make one comment that um, I would have actually gone into more detail and given names, but mm-hmm. I have to be very careful because um, um, I hate to like uh, uh, put down anyone. But because of what happened to Professor Martinez, um, I am fearful of Jami Ali because uh, actually she had stayed with a friend of mine for nine months this time last year. I tried to help her, and she seemed perfectly fine. She She's this activist. Uh, she had had um, everyone... They interviewed her once, yes, for sex trafficking yes. a few years ago. Yes. yes. But a and she treated my friend uh, uh, pretty terribly off and on, uh, but mostly uh, she scared him. 
uh, too, and he um, had a heart problem. He could have died, actually. She terrorized him. But I let that go, even though she was there nine months, while I was scared in my own apartment because I thought they had, uh, uh, I'm pretty sure that they had come in and violated me, uh, just from what I found in my apartment. And so I was living every night, terrified of sleeping, but letting her stay there like I could have stayed there. Um, Anyway, to find out that she is most likely a trafficker is very upsetting. Um, The only reason I could put it together for sure is from what Professor Martinez said. Um, She really seemed to be setting up uh, Professor Martinez in uh, her court case of several things that she said. And so I am uh, fearful of her. Even though I was uh, friendly with her when I talked with her, I never dreamed that uh, it could be this way, but I have sort of verified pretty much that she must have gone to the other, been offered something from the other side. And I'm, I'm speaking up now because I'm afraid that um, other Asians and other unsuspecting people may answer the ads that she has, if she has a website and everyone thinks she's um, an activist, um, an activist that has, um, that is not dangerous at all, um, then they will contact her or they may try to live with her because she tried, to, uh, she wanted to be roommates, you know, live together for a while. So uh, people could end up being trafficked. Uh, yes, I'm going to address something right now. I've heard some things about this individual, Jami Ali. Uh, I thought I knew her, but I meant what I said. Nobody knows anybody. But what I, but my research in interviewing many TIs that are sex trafficked, beware, because they have learned to make deals, if you know what I mean. And anyone is capable of making a deal in any capacity of a TI. I don't care if they say they're an activist. I don't care if they say they're a moderator. I don't care if they say they're a mother or grandmother. If the deal is sweet enough, they'll turn. And women in trafficking are utilized the most. Hear me right now. Who's going to get close to overall a frightened woman or a frightened woman with children, a guy or a woman? Think the woman can get in. The woman can get in, and she does. I'm not here to sugarcoat anything. This is just this is what time it is. This is what's happening. Uh, um, okay. Um, I'll just quickly say she also, uh, Professor Martinez mentioned that uh, she wanted, she asked for Professor Martinez's resume, and she had no need to. Um, uh, That's Professor, peculiar. She wasn't, uh, she has an ad going in some of the TI newsletters that, um, for jobs, and then she asked for resumes of people to do an online teaching thing. And uh, this also was a way for that mafia. They collect resumes because they will impersonate. Impersonate, that that's right. When they, yeah. that, uh, yeah. And she and then, oh my gosh, yes. So um, uh, I I don't like to put down her, uh, but mm-hmm. there's, uh, there's so many things. Uh, yes, I think they even have some some of other shows have her uh, featured on their YouTube videos. It's very dangerous. The association alone, and trust me when I say trafficking, trafficking is coming out like crazy in the mainstream media. You know what I mean? 
And we as targeted individuals staying mute about that, we look ludicrous. Think about that. Even Catherine Horton is talking about human trafficking. What did Karen Stewart tell me personally? I believe it's one of the avenues that could get us out of this program, human trafficking. And it's very dangerous, right, if something happens to targets. That's why I had to speak up because normally I'm You have to speak up, absolutely. Um, A lot of, um, because I noticed that um, Asians, definitely our target it's just very covert so hopefully a lot of them will uh, the best thing is to come out and join the group otherwise if you're silent uh, they, they're watching you whether you'll speak up um, and it's better for other people to know and maybe they can shut up on you yeah do you feel that your culture by your being Asian American in your culture is it when things are difficult um, has it been taught to you just to stay sort of silent you think um, actually, no, it wasn't taught to, but uh, we definitely, uh, like, uh, like um, I never had any reason to go to the police, and so I never was going to ever call the police. As a matter of fact, the uh, first perps I had here who were the troopers, they were saying, they were yelling at me when something would happen, call the police. They were trying to get me to call the police and to appear crazy, but I never did that. So it's hard either way because you need help with law enforcement, but I you can't go to them. Mm-hmm. So I know. Yeah, we're I in don't. a lot of danger. And then, as we learned even through Professor Martinez's series, a lot of law enforcement are are traffickers, rapists, and everything else, assassins. Uh, yeah. And, you know, again, I'm not saying you know some of the you know. Uh, upholding you know officers, but these are very much surgical rejects. They're not, um, you know, that type. They are also, with this type of trafficking, it's the lure of money is incredible. Um, you know, people will uh, can be bought. That's very sad. And we have to watch um, infiltrators that are inside our group just as much as we're watchful outside our groups with the perks, you know, or be suckered for every Jami Ali or Brian Crawford. You know what I mean? Sometimes you can just see that SH driving up. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no such thing as a hero. Hero's nothing but a sandwich. It really is. And we have to get through, uh, get rid of, rid ourselves of that type of idolatry mentality. Person at the end of the day is just a person like you and me. They can be wonderful, but they can also have faults. Um, right. And it's, I'm so glad um, we've covered a lot, and I'm sure those listening have questions. Our speaker tonight is Faye from Gotham. Callers, if you have any questions, I see one lit up right now, Central uh, California. I'll get to you. If you have any questions, uh, we're getting ready to close my part of the interviewing. Go ahead and star eight if you're calling in. If you're on the chat, go ahead and type your question, and we'll bring it around. Uh, let me reiterate, when I'm always in interviewing mood, I never engage with chat or callers when I'm interviewing, never. Okay. At this time, we're going to open up now for the questions and answers at this time. Go ahead and star eight. And uh, say, I'd like to definitely rename this part one. Oh, okay. Because I'd love that you cover the beginning of your life, uh, the aspects of the groups living in Gotham and the various boroughs that you lived in. 
and uh, as we go deep further and further into human trafficking, I too am a victim. When we're on that aspect, we'll open that up. Everyone, it can be a sensitive topic, but it's a topic that must come out. We must uncover and speak about the things buried in the dark. Just because we don't talk about it does not stop it from happening. Okay? And as I constantly feel, all of us being targets in our community, it is a travesty that this has waited far too long. If we can't uncover what's going on, how can we expect non-targets or anybody else to listen when we, when we don't even mention it? When you think about it that way. Okay, Central Coastal California, you are up. Go ahead. Hello? Hi, Tamara. Hi. 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 <laughs> and, um, yeah, I just wanted to, I came in kind of late. I didn't hear mm-hmm. the beginning of the caller's uh, experience, but she seems to have a lot of knowledge, and I was very impressed. And I would love to have, you know, she's willing to give out an email or any kind of contact. I would love to have that, first off. I don't know if she would be willing to maybe give you the info and then share it with Oh, that would be great, yeah, because you seem to have a lot of info. And I was relating to uh, some of the things you were saying um, in terms of these families that they send out with the strollers and you think they're a nice family. But, you know, um, since I'm the target and I've been on, on a high level for four years, I believe a lot longer than that, but just on this high, crazy level for four years, and um, I, I just sense it. You know, I just get the vibes from them when they're, you know, that kind of a family. And I just have to share one very strange experience that, you know, you said they can make you pedophile and this and that. Well, they, I used to work for, for DCF. So I would, you know, my job was to protect children. So they definitely hit me and uh, pressed my buttons with this. One time I was at a beach in California, and due to the targeting, I was homeless and just sitting there in my living out my car, you know, sitting out there um, uh, at the beach, just looking at the beautiful beach in San Pedro, California. And um, and all of a sudden, this family come, you know, comes on the beach. There's, they sit there, the mother, the father, the babies, and all of a sudden, the two boys start to pull down their pants. And I'm like, oh, my God, you know, they look kind of foreign. So I kind of passed it off, okay, well, they're from Australia, they sounded like, or some kind, you know, maybe that's what they uh-huh. do over there. But I said, I'm getting out of here. So I just took off, and I went to another section of the beach, okay? So I'm sitting there, the same section I'm sitting, I'm watching these two boys go in the water, and as soon as they go in the water, they're, they're bending over and their pants are full. I mean, this is the second one. And I'm looking all along the beach. I don't see any other kids doing this anywhere else except in front of me twice. And it was just so weird. And before that, I had been terribly gang-stalked, you know, people coming up to me making loud noises, really strange. And I even uh, talked to one of the workers. And I said, you know, just kind of, uh, he, was, he wasn't doing anything. So sometimes I just try to make normal conversation. I said, well, you must really love your job. You get to work on the beach. He says, no. He says, I've been trying to get out of here. I would not work for this department. I said, why not? He said, it's bad. And, that, and he was like that. And I, I knew what he was probably talking about. And, um, and I said, what do you mean? 
and he, you know, he wouldn't get into it too much, but he's the people bothering him and harassing him, him losing his job, you know, it sounded like gang stalking. And, um, and I even suspected uh, sex trafficking too and things like that. They had a bathhouse there. He mentioned the bathhouse in particular was bad. And I went to mention to the lifeguard when I saw the kids doing that, I said, you know, um, you know, these parents, probably good parents and everything, but they don't know that, you know, when their kids are doing that, there could be pedophiles or whatever. And I could tell just by the that lifeguard's expression, it was like this evil expression. I could just yeah. see he was on it. He was like, oh, that's, I'm not going to worry about that. <laughs> and he was in that evil lap, you know, like it was, he was in on it. And yeah. this was part of their game. And it was just, I had never experienced anything like that in my entire life with kids. And I had had just about every type of gang stalking and every type of, you know, harassment, cyber and everything else you can imagine. But that one was just like, wow. And, um, you know, I just got a definite vibe that there was a pedophilia type, uh, including pedophilia type uh, sex trafficking going on at that beach. And that beach house and the lifeguards were in on it. The cops were probably in on it because they came by, went by a few times to the fire department, you know, all the municipalities. And uh, a lot of times they're masons too, you know. So the good boys club, you know. So I know Santa Barbara, all the cops were Masons in Santa Barbara when I was over there. So um, just about. So, so yeah, definitely good old boys club. And um, this stuff is just, you know, disgusting. I mean, it's just despicable. And then it's become so, you know, almost like commonplace and so accepted almost, you know, with some them, you know, become like the norm, you know, you hear about it and it's like, okay, another case, you know, and I think the public somehow has become somewhat desensitized to it. And I think that's very bad, especially when it comes to children and we need to protect them and, you know, any kind of sex trafficking that's going on needs to be exposed and, you know, taken down, you know, and the more we talk about it and our experiences, the more we can you know, connect the dots and figure, you know, when something is weird, you know, it just, it just, you just get that vibe. You just know it's not the norm. You know, there's something, uh, you know, bigger than just these two kids that went there with their parents twice in front of me and no one else. Even the lifeguards, I would not have thought the lifeguards would be in on it. Well, when I went to approach him on it, I was suspicious, as you know, to begin with. And then when he acted the way he did, I, I was like, wow. And, you know, I, I, you could just sense it. I mean, I, you know, I don't know if you're like me, but, you know, you, you get a good uh, intuition. And I, I just felt like it. I just totally felt the vibe of it, that he could care less. And in fact, was the, the the you know the the um the vibe I was getting was keep your mouth shut, leave me alone. You know, this is uh, this is how it goes. You know, you want to stay on the beach, just shut up. You know, and just you know, I don't want to hear about it. You know, so yeah, pretty pretty gross. That is very gross. Now, um, it uh, let's see, I'm gonna call you. What was your name again? I'm just gonna call you Central Coastal California. <laughs> You could call me Lisa, Lily. It doesn't matter. Oh, Lisa. hi, Lily. I, I know. Oh, hi, Lily. Hi. You know, are you back in Cali? Yeah. Now, do you think 
when you moved away from California, Lily, did the sort of trafficking get a little bit more more hidden, a little bit, you know, approach a little bit more on the download? Well, I, I'm originally, um, Lauren, from um, Connecticut, where I am right now. But I had, um, after, you know, the targeting started, my divorce, because my marriage was uh, disintegrated from the targeting. And I was just like, you know, well, I'm going to be targeted here. And I was getting targeted real bad. I was like, I might as well go to California. So that I took off and went there, and I had a feeling. Something was just telling me, and I didn't even know that much about targeting that I was just beginning to learn I had just found Eric Robertson and the, you know, and Freedom oh, uh, yeah. group, just found them. And I was just <clears throat> very new. And um, I, But I had a feeling still that it was going to follow me, and it surely did. Every single state I went to, um, you know, there was the marsh. It seemed like they would, like, every, I would go to a different state, and I would almost always meet up with a marshal or a sheriff on the highway. Almost like they were, okay, here she comes now to this state, you know, just you know, usher her in and track her or whatever the hell they do. So every single state they followed me. And, um, you know, to me, yeah, it did seem uh, to me more out in the open in California than I had seen it anywhere else in any other (laughs) Yeah, it It, seemed the worst. I mean, seemed it. Now, that doesn't mean it's not going on on the East Coast and everywhere in between because I'm sure it is. But it just seemed to me very... um, very out in the open to me, uh, more so there, you know. Uh, but again, I don't know if the average everyday person would be picking up on it like I was, you know, because being targeted and, um, you know, our eyes are different than other people's eyes. What we look, you know, kind of like cops in a way, you know, we see things that, mm-hmm. you know, um, in a different way. So, uh, but to me, yeah, it was more totally, uh, you know, uh, out in the open there. And the, especially around the beaches areas, you know, mm-hmm. so that's the vibe I was getting, you know. So, um, but I don't know. You know? <clears throat> I just think it's terrible, no matter where it is. You know, we know it's going on everywhere, and it's mm-hmm. just awful. It's just disgusting and despicable. And and um, and, 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 and really, I know it's happening everywhere within our own targeted community and just not to talk about it it's not going to stop it you know? I know I don't get it either I'm like you I just totally don't get it I think we I need to come it. back and we need to expose it just like everything else you know but it's like I think the sh- you know I think we talked about this before I think the shame comes on the targets and it shouldn't be you know we need to hold our heads up we did be. not sign up for this we did not sign up for this there is yeah. being not too much and, you know, maybe it just scares them too much. Even the targets themselves get too scared by it to even, you know, it's too intimidating, you know, to even process it is what I'm guessing. Or either that or they're taking on the shame that they shouldn't be because we're not doing it. They are, you know. And exactly. Yeah. You know, even the Bible says, hold your head up. You know, God will hold your head up. Or, you know, we need to hold our heads up because, you know, we're not doing this. None of it. We're know? not doing this. We're not trafficking women and children, guys. We are not. We're not yeah. getting paid from this. They're keeping us in poverty. How are we prospering? Look around at these traffickers. They live and eat very well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're pigs. And then I do want to talk about these Masons for reason. I, I like mm-hmm. British mysteries, and for some reason, they're bringing in Masons <laughs> under high corruption. 
in the UK mm-hmm. or whatever. So if anybody, Lily, if you're aware of these Masons, I would love to have a call or say some gossip. Something about these wicked Masons now. They're, they seem yeah, to have yeah. a hand we, in the field. We need field. to get a whistleblower. We need to get a whistleblower in the Masons, which is, you know, like, going to be hard, you know, the hardest thing on earth because they take these solemn oaths and everything. But, you know, um, yeah, that's what we need. I agree with you. Because I, I, it's funny you should say that when I was in California, I met, you know, some kind of hip people. It seems like the people in California are just so much more hip than the ones on the East Coast. I mean, you could talk to them about chemtrails and things. I found, like, I could talk to them about everything. And here it's like, what? What are you talking about? But, um, but anyway, this one woman was so hip on it, and she was like, uh, yeah, I told her that the cops, it seemed like the women cops were so much nicer than the men cops, you know? I just got that vibe. And she says, well, that's because all the Santa Barbara cops are all Masons. I'm like, oh, you're kidding oh. me, right? She said, no. And, and a lot of them are, too. So um, in other states, too, some of them, it's almost like universal. It's like every oh single single cop is a Mason, too, on top of it. So, I mean, I've heard at the lower levels, they're kind of, you know, they're not told everything and they do good things for the community and all that, but it's when they get to the higher levels, that's when they get into the evil stuff. So I don't know when the sex trafficking stuff might come in or, you know, or things of that nature, but um, I'm sure it's coming in somewhere. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it is, everyone. And if you're on Lily or um, I always ask you that, uh, Faith from Gotham, if you guys are connected to Facebook, I'm always under Kay Whitfield, K-A-Y, and last name Whitfield, W-H-I-T-F-I-E-L-D. Any of you listening right now that have the uh, the, the tidbits on this, these masons, they're coming up in a lot of UK mysteries. So I'm even looking at that. Secret societies, masons, a lot of them are cops. A lot of them are firefighters, and they're really about, it's a good old boys club, but it almost seems like a type of mafia, like if you're not a mason, it seems like if you're a mason, you can be promoted up the ranks faster. That's what I'm getting out of it. Oh, yeah, almost all our presidents have been masons, including Trump, who's a 33-degree, even though he's trying to do some good with trafficking, thank God. You know, kind of. Yes, he is. Yeah, but he is, and you, you you have to be almost to get anywhere. To, to get, get I was about to say it's like a mafia. You almost have to, it's like paying your dues somewhere. You better be like a guild member if you want to be an actor. You know what I'm saying? you almost like you have to be if you want to get in this job. Yeah, and I think uh, when that movie came out with uh, Stanley Kubrick, Eyes Wide Shut, some of it is like satanic in that movie, you know, with Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise, where they were going to do all those orgies and everything. Supposedly, he was bringing out what really goes on, like in Hollywood, some of the orgies and stuff, some of the secret societies, the dark shadow societies. That is probably what the, all, a lot of this funnels down from. That's the upper echelon, you know, the high elite stuff. And then I'm sure it just goes down, 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 down from there. Or, you know, of course, you've got your rogue traffickers, but, you know, and foreigners, Russian, and this and that and the other. So, but um, but I bet a lot of it comes from uh, some of it. Definitely, uh, could be the Masons and these. Uh, they have these uh, orgies and these wild, you know, um, you know, sex uh, things going on. So I would not be surprised. Uh, Thank you, you guys. I I do want to keep bringing this open because I think, Lily, you would understand. It's it's coming out in vectors, but in the uh, mainstream media. And I just think I know it's happening. I think it's a higher rate than we can imagine in the targeted individual community. It really is. 
Yes. Because, you know, across the ocean, the Atlantic, if, if this Dr. Horton is talking about it, trust me, guys, she's even getting on board. This is uh, organized crime, human trafficking. She'll say it real blunt, real blunt. Yeah, I mean, it's connected probably uh, somehow in some sectors with the pedophilia. And the pedophilia yes. Yes, it is. pretty much runs Hollywood, runs government, runs yes. Just I mean, I can't believe I'm saying this. It's just so disgusting and despicable. But it really does, apparently, and it's coming out all over that it pretty much runs everything, this pedophilia stuff. And it's all, you know, all embedded in it all. It's it's just absolutely, dis- you know, a lot of them have said who runs the country is a, is a bunch of immature, sick, insane pedophiles. You know, that's who mm-hmm. pretty much runs. And, and that's, I think it goes for everything. In England, supposedly Lady yes. Diana wound up getting, you know, offed because of what she found out, and I, I certainly wouldn't be surprised, and, um, you know, goes on under the under the tunnels of the, <laughs> you know, uh, the Queen's Palace there, the monarchy, and, uh, you know, it just, in Belgium, supposedly, it's really bad. Oh, very bad, yeah. Paris and Brussels Paris. Is bad. And, yeah. yeah, disgusting, and, you know, it's just, it really is coming out, so, I mean, that's a good thing for us. Uh, the more it comes out, the better, you know, and the more people are going to stand up against it and say, like you said, enough, you know, it's disgusting, you know, no more of this, you know, we have to expose it and shut as much down as we possibly can, you know. Uh, that's true, because we we can see without a doubt, wherever we live in this country, we, we're watching it before our eyes, in my opinion, the full collapsation of Hollywood, or as we know it, never before has there any been a, a, this amount of white males being taken off their jobs. It, it's like yeah. a witch hunt, okay? It's like a witch yeah. hunt. <laughs> yeah, it's going to work for us. Whatever reason they were mad at Weinstein and they wanted to take him down or whatever, it's working for us. So yay for us, <laughs> yay for God, you know, yay for us. Yay for and, God. Uh, yeah, exactly, because I think all of them thought it was just Harvey, but no, Harvey was just number one. But it's been how many of them have put? He's like the targeted of the pedophile. Exactly. <laughs> he's like the low man on the totem pole, or for whatever reason they didn't like him. So, yeah. So, uh, well, it works for us. So, thank you for having the show. And I, again, I, I try to encourage so many, you know, targets, especially women, to come on the call because. Like you said, I mean, you know, it, it it's definitely a part of our targeting. It's a huge part. Oh, Maybe, it is. It is. Maybe some of them think, you know, because they're not, uh, they're too old or they're not pretty. And it just doesn't matter. It's like you said, they got their pretty young things. The, the, there's a hot, uh, supposedly the hottest item in Japan is a 70-year-old man, you know, uh, in porn. Mm-hmm. They, they don't care. They, they like them all, old, young. You know, they laugh at us. They, they you know, they're pervert. You know, whatever it is, they're pets, it's beast, bestiality. Yeah. It's disgusting. And they, you know, they don't care who you, who it is. They'll find something yes. you know, uh, about it. I, you know? And there's something I did want to ask as we continue this, especially with this series uh, with Faye of Gotham and stuff. I wanted to ask Faye and any of you speaking out there, have you noticed some of us that have, either by our doors, if you're in a city, or our front yard, if you have a little more room, have any of you noticed um, purposely trash bags? I believe it's from Taco Bell. There's a party open all night because I destroyed one just, we had our first snow yesterday because I shoveled today. So it had to have happened just a week ago before we went to Chicago. I was raking leaves, and that's why I said the way it was placed, you know what I mean, <laughs> with a pile of leaves on it, okay? That's pretty, you know, intentional so it wouldn't blow away. Do they do that to mock us to let us know that we are trafficking victims? 
I, I haven't seen Taco Bell, but I have had a lot of stuff of garbage. Um, wherever I park, it seems like, and you know how they kind of program you to go to a certain spot. I've had vomit where I where I park, uh, garbage mm-hmm. all over the place, garbage in the yard. Yeah, I definitely think there's something with garbage. And, uh, you know, possibly, you know, when the pet, the, we had a cat with a litter box, something to do with uh, the, the poop. You know, these people are, are fascinated with that when you take a poop in the bathroom because they go through your piping, you know, underneath the toilet or whatever they're doing. They're backing up your septic and, you know, uh, you know, just to target you more so the air you can't know. get out. Yeah, if you have some problem with the toilet, you have to flush it twice. What, what's up with their fascination with because that's the orifice they go up to, you know, to map us. Or what, I, I, I don't know, but they're just, mm. they just never fail to uh, disgust me. You know? <laughs> 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 Every time I, I think of somebody, I, th- I think you're right, though. I think there's something with garbage and bad and, um, you know, and that kind of a thing. Yeah, I think there is, at least with me, I have noticed uh, a prevalence of garbage and, um, you know, things like that and even vomit or, you know, poop, disgusting stuff, disgusting, just to be humiliating and and gross, you know, as they are because this is their thing, you know. This is their thing. And, and you notice a lot of them are, yes, and a lot of sex of it as they try to um, blacklist us from jobs, from our careers and jobs to keep us impoverished, it makes a, a lot of female Trafficking mm-hmm. victims have to keep going down the Kalili. Would you say, Faye, your prosperity had to go down to move to Queens from Manhattan? Is that correct? You know what I'm saying? Yes, it, Is it the area happen. more poor, in your opinion? Um, yes, at first. Now it's, uh, you know, gotten, uh, there's more of the uh, younger crowd coming in and probably making it more popular. But yes, it was. Uh, it didn't have to, but they put some kind of mind control well, they started something here so that it uh, made Manhattan seem so far away. I remember having these feelings uh, that it, when it was not far at all, you know. Mm. They they put something on you to try to keep you in that community. Mm. Yeah. I, now, I can relate to that in Los Angeles. My sister and I spoke many times. We wanted to move out of that area that we were stalked out of. Many, uh, mm. after a few years, we wanted to move. Yeah. We weren't happy with it. Yeah. yeah, I do. I do think they put something on, and I also think, as I, I said once in an interview, I once I think on Ella's call, they they will also sabotage you where you you went to college that, that you can't promote. Remember, they'll keep you locked in a uh, I call it a dead end job. And I actually went back to college and wanted to promote. I wanted to make more money, mm-hmm. and they will keep you your advancement away from you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To keep again, that's a cycle of poverty, and and with poverty, all opportunity, you know, leaves. And definitely sabotaging relationships and or marriages, they will do that. Oh, yeah, I could testify to that. Yeah. And and then once we know we're trafficked, we have to think twice about anyone we meet because we don't want to get involved with a perp or a handler or you know what I mean. Oh my God, yeah. And what they've done to me, um, Lauren, I I I just I just it's just. I cannot, it's like unbelievable. I mean, just like anyone who starts to be friends with me, they target them. So it's like um, anyone who's starting to believe me, even whether it's a fellow target or whether it's a guy trying to be my friend, maybe dating or just even friendship, they will start to do mean things to them. 
like, you know, uh, one, one of them had drawn a picture, like, in an art class, and uh, he went to the bathroom, and they came back and poured, uh, somebody came in and poured black paint all over his painting. Oh, no. So they do things like that to the ones that try So they make me feel like um, um, uh, undesirable, you know, uh, un- I mean, undesirable to the point of can't even make a friend. You know, like, they make you like Job in the Bible. You know, they're trying yeah. to make me yeah, to that point where blacklist you with everything, even friends, jobs, apartments, uh, jobs. My credit is shot now because they screwed up my car and I just had to just walk away from the car instead of, you know, continuing the payment. So my credit is like so shot now. I can't even, not anywhere to get an apartment or whatever. They almost all of them check your credit. I mean, they do anything they can to destroy your life, your quote unquote life in this material world, you know. They cannot destroy me spiritually, thank God, so far. I, you know, I, I'm stronger than ever spiritually. But in the material world here, they will do anything they can to, and they have attack just about every area they could, you know, with cars, houses, pets, friends. I mean, they, I know their, their, their goal was for me to suicide. I know it was. And they're probably just astounded that I didn't. So, um, you know, not, that's by the grace of God, and and they 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 hate God too. I think they they fear anybody who's a Christian, anybody who's got strong faith. So I think it's a hate, it's a trafficking crime, and I think it's a hate crime against Christians and women too. I really do. So um, I believe it is. It's very misogynist. It's heavily misogynist, and that's without a doubt. You know. Yes, yes, it is. They think we're the weaker sex, you know. So we're just going to crumble. You know, they're going to take us down. You know. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, with Hollywood collapsing, these men losing their careers, Faye mm-hmm. and Lily, do you feel like your targeting has increased, or do you think the men have backed off a little bit? Um, you think the men in my have life? Have the men kind of backed down? Yeah, have they backed down a little bit because of what's going on in the news, you know? In, in my life? Um, what yeah. do you think? Um, not really. I, I mean, um, you know, it's, it's hard to say because right now, believe it or not, I'm home. I'm home like a little baby again. You know, I'm a grown woman, you know, over, uh, I have a daughter, you know, college age, you know, I'm a, I'm a middle aged woman and I am at, back at home with mommy. You know, I hate it here too. So, uh, you know, so I'm a little bit, um, you know, away from, you know, what I was subjected to uh you know for the past couple of years but um because of that but they're still hitting me in different areas even as I live here as much as they can they are still doing it so I don't I don't no offense I don't see too much of a let up with me sadly I, I haven't seen it um they they sometimes will let up for a little while I'll give you a little piece of mine and then they hit you again I mean that pattern has been going on for four years now of that so I haven't noticed any remission of no. Sadly, I wish I wish I I could say yeah that it's you know that it's over, but um, not for me it isn't. I hope for everybody else, or, you know, for some targets. Right. It not for me either. Say, do yeah. you have a feeling that you came on the show tonight to start talking about this? Do you worry that nearby um, that they may even hit you harder? Oh, they um, do. I I think they do with me. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, yes, I'm sure. Uh, uh, right. For many people, it seems like they do. I'm not as much worried uh, because I really don't know uh, what they're going to do. For all I know, they can disappear us at any time, and um, we won't know where we end up, uh, you know. So 
I just feel I have to uh, I have to say something uh, because mm-hmm. all this time I've been trying to help save uh, my own family. Mm-hmm. Uh, that hasn't seemed to really work. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So um, you just have to be in the movement and mm-hmm. try to get the word out there. And thank God for techno crime fighters and for you, Lauren, because I feel freedom that I can say what I really have noticed mm-hmm. and uh, not just keep it to myself. No, uh, no, so no, maybe no. it can help people. And I appreciate Lily. She has so much information. And um, you can get my email from Lauren. I um, will get it. I would like to talk to you. What was your first name again? Faye, F-A-Y-E. Oh, um, yes. I, you, your targeting sounds very similar, you know, things that you've gone through to mine. So, yeah, I would love to talk to you, you know, over the phone or whatever at some point. Sure. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you're close by anyway in Connecticut too. Oh, are you? Okay, so you, okay. you want me to give her your your um, email, say, and your cell phone number? Yeah, that would be fine. Okay, because I you have to give her mine. Okay, to give her mine. Yeah, after oh, the call yeah, tonight, Lily, I will pass it on uh, to you. Okay. Yeah. Could after you um, just give her the email, and then if she could email me her phone number. Uh, okay. Uh, yes. I'll give you your email tonight. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm just Thank getting you, used yeah. to talking on the phone. I'll send it to you tonight, Lily, I promise. Yeah. And yeah, and what Lily is saying too, it needs to come out because I'm not lying, you guys. Just because we want to hold this shit in doesn't stop them from what they're doing, okay? Nope. Not at all. Nope. It's not. Sadly. (laughs) It is. It's heavily misogynist. They were social engineering and, and, and they'll pick and choose depending on one's ethnicities or culture. Some feel, mm-hmm. groups feel that like they have it worse, but it's just the hate uh, motivation that's behind that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But, mm-hmm. but the, uh, a rapist is a rapist. A trafficker is a trafficker, okay? Mm-hmm. And it all equals a sick predatory, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. And then but with the malicious, malicious mayhem, that's like a new market where it can be anyone. It's it encourages them to just do hate crimes. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Malicious mayhem is how they're trafficking a lot of women that they find either obese or have disabilities or mm-hmm. if her, or alternative, if her hair is cut real short, it might be cancer mm-hmm. or just, you know, in the city, the style or tattoos. That's their mm-hmm. running thing. If, it look, if, if, if she looks like a man, you can. See, that's targeting you know, kind of my, you know, alternative oh is possibly God. gay. I can't believe yeah. you're saying because they were doing that with me. They were like, um, I don't know, trying to mix up my identity first with a lesbian woman because mm-hmm. I found that out on my cell phone company. Uh, somehow, I, I can't even remember the, all the details. There's so many things they did to me. This is just one of them. They try to mix me. I mean, and, and I don't have any prejudice. I don't care if people are gay, straight, you know, whatever. That's, that's for God, you know, whatever. I don't judge anyone. And I try to be friends with everybody and love everybody. But, you know, but I'm just saying I am a straight female and they're trying to make me into a gay, you know, lesbian with one and then a man at another. Like I would go to an airport and say, excuse me, where's the bathroom? And they point to the men's room. I mean, constantly, you know, refer, you know, are you a man? You know, just I, I just weird. That's what happened to Lillian. Lillian's hair is short. Right. She's shorter than mine. And that's where they can, and it almost like gives some kind of social engineering with these freakish rapists. Like yeah. me, you know. Yeah. Well, that's why I can rape her because she looks like a guy, you know. Yeah, they want to make us look like a guy. They were cutting my hair real short, making it fall mm-hmm. out. And, 
Yeah, that, maybe because they're homosexual, some of them. And they, yes, I, I, I think don't most know. of them are. They're blowing each other. I think they are. Uh, Kevin Christian, as they've been expressed on his videos, is there's just a bunch of rapists. He said yeah. incest raping, pedophile raping, it's all on his videos, and I hope Kevin can join us sometimes after after the new year. He is he's really letting it out about this trafficking of the remote neural monitoring. It's awful. The sex orgies, everything. We are talking about it, guys, on this show. Okay. And um, I don't tell people will come and join, you know, more people because, I mean, we're adults here. You know, we should be able to handle it. You know, it's going on. Exactly. That's what I'm just trying to tell the other moderators. Lily, don't want to get with the program. Like I said, you can have that expert, but is that expert going to tell me how to get out of this trafficking and start connecting the dots? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I give you credit. I mean, well, maybe God's with you to have the grace to do it because, you know, of you know, other people just can't, either can't deal with it or they're afraid to talk about it. I, I really, underneath it all, they're taking on the change themselves. And they shouldn't because, you know, they're no, not. No, I really, I, I think a lot of them are being trafficked or their children and they just will not open up. But I'm telling you, nobody wants to talk about the polka dot elephant in the living room. No. no. I hear them sometimes, though. Sometimes, like on Neil's call on a Sunday, they will talk about, uh, the se- what they get with the sexual, uh, you know, uh, like when they target you and stimulate certain parts of your body, they will mm-hmm. in private parts. They will talk about that sometimes on Neil's show, but but that is isn't that kind of like a sex thing, a sex trafficking? It is. They are tapping you and stimulating you in areas. I mean, that is just such a violation. I mean, that is rape. They will do the electronic rape. Sometimes a lot of women have complained they have raped them at their jobs, raped them in church. Okay, I'm going to just let it all out. That's how they flow. You know what I mean? Yeah, this is rape. Some women have have went to doctors. A doctor will put a stethoscope on their nipple or their breast, and you know it's supposed to go on your chest and your skin. I'm saying it out loud, you guys. This is is what's happening. Yeah, we if you don't want, it. if you don't want me to say it, don't come on this because I'm gonna say it like a three or four year old. Okay, I'm I'm just gonna say it. You got I, I mean, in the hospital. Perfect. We got to talk about this. You know, if we don't, how are we gonna stop it? You know, if these doctors or whatever, we know we got bad doctors in the system. We know that. Yeah. The women, I heard some of them were just as bad with the trafficking and just, you know, selling you out. They are. So, so we need to expose these people because if we don't, they're just going to continue, 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 you know. We have to talk about it. We have, you know, to stop it, like you said, because they're not going to stop, you know. They're not. My friend, was. she was tortured. Um, she was tortured uh, down there. Um, by two women, uh, she went to the emergency room, and then she was mm-hmm. taken to uh, ward, and she was tortured by two nurses down there, uh, and she was screaming. She said they could hear her. Uh, she felt like sandpaper was put in, inside her, and oh she was very God. ill at the time. Now oh she has God. passed away. Uh, so it, um, oh my. It's like uh, hospitals can sometimes be torture chambers. Yes, oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, oh, we can talk about it on techno crime fighters. Oh, when does that come on? That is that a show too? Oh, like you this? should watch oh. that. They talk about this. Um, they are on uh, YouTube. Catherine Horton and Karen Stewart. I interviewed her Wednesday. She's a part of their crew on Techno okay. Crime Fighters. I think they're on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Ray, is that what time they're on? Uh, they're live. 
live. They're live, yeah. 11, 11 a.m. Eastern. But 11 a.m. Eastern. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm Okay, thank you. Yeah, we need to all come together on this because, yeah, this is disgusting. I mean, that is just, and what they did to Melanie, that woman, Melanie out in Belgium. Yeah, that her yeah. Then she's on their team too, exactly. Oh, my and God, that poor woman. I mean, my God, to take a woman's baby. I mean, talk about massage. The baby know. has uh, shut down and it isn't speaking and maybe totally traumatized. I mean, oh isn't God, making any noise at all. Oh my God! They might kill that baby. So sad. I mean, Melanie, didn't she say she thinks they're going to put the baby, try to put the baby into Satanism? Because they got a lot of Satanism in Belgium up there, I think. And you know, I mean, they have a lot of. Uh, yes, they do. Yeah. Yes, they do. Disgusting. Oh, oh my God! That poor baby and that poor woman. Oh my God. Well, whatever he may be to get ahead, I do hope you guys, the current administration, is trying to put a lid on this Satanism and these freaks. Yeah, I hope so. And and not only is Hollywood collapsing, it seems like they're starting to nudge and rock that media industry. Charlie Rose, aren't a lot of them starting to lose their jobs? Charlie Rose that likes to walk around naked? He got fired. He's out. He's out. Yeah, that's pretty surprising. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> why would he do that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I laughed. I don't know why I laughed. Well, Prince, I, I, Prince talked about this. Prince talked about how when he was, I guess, before, you know, he was, I guess, a teenager when they originally got him on uh, in Warner Brothers, and he talked about how the pedophiles at Warner Brothers used to love to watch the boys go around half naked. So he, that's one of the things he exposed. And, um, and and chemtrails too, and he wrote slave on his cheek. I mean, he he definitely was ex- trying to expose a lot of stuff. And of course, sadly, he's no longer with us. But uh-huh. he's exactly, yeah, yeah. But he he definitely exposed Warner Brothers. I heard the interview myself where he talked about it. You know, where these uh, oh, know, I never the, heard the, that the files. Yeah, he said he said um, that the 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 men at uh, Warner Brothers didn't mind the young boys going around half naked or whatever, something like that. Yeah, when he was uh, a teenager. You, you know, uh, you know, I lived in Cal, you know, Los Angeles for over thirty years and worked there. You know, you hear everything. You know, it's a you know, the regular state of California job. But I was, it was still, it's still in the eighties. And one woman said, "Are you married?" I'm not. She said, "If you're serious about it, you better pack up." And get out of Los Angeles. Most of the guys are gay. I started laughing. Oh, and so, because uh, that's, I think that's really how they flow out there. Most of them, it's, you know, they can marry and have kids, you guys. But when it comes down to it, they go, they're pedophiles. And get down with the get down, okay? Yes, get it's, down become, get it's become like the norm. It's become yes. acceptable. You know, that to me, it's that's become, disgusting. You know, that, that we have just gotten to that point. And, and especially maybe the you know, roll out of Hollywood particularly because they got all the money and the power and mm-hmm. the fame. Idolize them. Let's face it. We, we, you know, we set ourselves up. God tells us not to have idols, and you know, I, I this movie so yeah, idolatry. Exactly. I did it too. I did it too, and I love this this group, this you know, singing group or this. Mm-hmm. You know, movie. I mean, we all did it, and you know, and this is they think they you know get away with it all, you know, and it's just uh, the ones at the top or whatever, and you know, it's just what's um, going on. Yeah, it's let me pray. Well, we the people. Good evening, Elvira. You have a question tonight. Welcome tonight. Elvira? We the people? 
Well, can you hear me now? I can hear you now. I, I forgot I had myself on mute. Uh-huh. I want to tell Faith it's nice to hear her on there and listen to her story, and I'll be happy for part two. And uh, she, I wanted to say, look phenomenal? out for Florida. Huh? Wasn't she good tonight? Part yes. one, you guys. And the best is still yet to come. Well, thank, yeah. thank you all. Thank you, Elvira. Uh, you know, you are always so kind to everyone. You've been uh, here for years, and so it means a lot when you uh, uh, you thought there's some substance in anything I say. <laughs> I appreciate it. Oh, it is. I, I enjoy listening. I'm just listening, and, you know, I go do a few things I have to do, and then I come back and listen. And I say, you go, Faith. Yeah, thank <clears> you, <throat> Elvira, very much. Yeah. I love it. Very good interview. And I also want to say you all look out because Florida is next <laughs> with the pedophile stuff. Oh, boy. Really? You know, if we just so take happy. a moment and really say it, what they like to do, just say it for a minute. It's enough to make your stomach hurt. Am I right? You lose your lunch, and, and that is the swamp over there, right? Trump said he wanted to clear out the swamp. And we can keep talking swamp. right now, but I just want to think about that. Harvey Weinstein lived, he was a very wealthy man, you guys. He could have everything. How yeah. could he just unzip his pants and pleasure himself into a potted plant and wanted a female to watch? When you say it that because way, it's disgusting. He felt that nobody was going to do man. anything about it because of a all that A rich man money. would want to do that. A rich man would want mm-hmm. to do that. Hard to you believe. Don't have to. He, how could he be hard up? He could get any girl with all his any money. Girl. Mm-hmm. Any yeah, girl. It's Anybody. The it's the power trip. You know, they want to have that power, that control, you know, I guess. They get some kind mm-hmm. of kicked out of it. Harvey was something, and you know, they just, you know, and he opened the door, floodgates, and they're all coming through. When you think about yes. it, a rich man would do that. Yes, like the wildflower. I hate to say, like the wildfires of California. You know, it, it's catching on like a wildfire. Mm-hmm. Yes, you it know, is. Geoengineered wildfire. Well, you <laughs> know like what they're saying about those those wild those fires? They're saying that how does a tree burn from the inside out? So oh what they're saying God. is that those trees was planted and they're using harp to cause oh those fires. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, my God, I think that's what's going on. I'm like, oh, my God, my family's uh, property. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, the trees are coming up by the root. It's probably harp. It's it probably. is. That's, what, that's what's being said, that that's harp oh at, at work. I wouldn't be surprised. No. I posted I'll something post. on my Facebook page about that. Oh my God! Yeah. From Rose Roseanne Marie, anybody know Roseanne Marie? She's good. Oh, yes, I was on that show of your friend Deborah with me and Solange on that uh, uh, got mm-hmm. interviewed last summer. Rose yeah, Roseanne yeah. Marie is only on she's on Facebook. I don't know if she ever comes on the calls or not, but she posts some of the best stuff I ever. You know, I love posting her stuff. Yeah, I like and that. that's where that comes from because she, I think she lived in Northern California. Oh wow! Oh my God! Yeah, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Despicable. Yeah. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. A lot of rich mm-hmm. homes, uh, especially in Southern California. My sister's in the Valley, but on the other side, because I used to take Lily into UCLA Medical Center for their kidney, 
The other side is by that, uh, I heard the castle, you guys, all up there near Bel Air. That's falling. A lot of movie stars are leaving their home or oh, possibly mm-hmm. burn. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's up there off the oh, 405. Yes. Yeah. Getty okay. Museum. Getty Museum up there. So oh, it's this bad scene. Uh, going on, but it's also uh, we got stalked out of it. I didn't realize I didn't realize how wicked Los Angeles really was. But you know, <laughs> some people are saying it could be a land grab that they're doing it. You know, just to lower the property because the property value, the market in California has finally broken. Exactly. And apparently, lower the property values, and then they're going to land grab it. You know, just like they're trying to do gun grab, land grab. Oh, no, you know. land grab. So if, and then what happens if they destroy it all by fires? Uh, it's going to take too much money. To, well, they can get the land for cheap now. So it's destroyed by yeah. a fire, yeah. and then rebuild, rebuild, and charge what you want to charge. Yeah, except they'll put sod down or whatever. They don't care. They'll find a way to you know do something with it, even though it's burnt down. You know. Yeah. yeah. Well, they went after. Yeah. You're right. They went after coastal and northern California a few few months ago. Now it's southern. Mm-hmm. Down to San Diego. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they're they saying. They're gutting it. I don't know with the fires. They're gutting it. Mm-hmm. Yes, they are. And they're just starting there. You know, they're not going to stop with California. You know, they're going to continue on, I'm sure. Right on. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, land is also very pricey in Gotham. That's a very pricey city to live. A lot of wealth there. Exactly. They're not stupid, you know. Look at Ventura. I mean, that's a very upscale area. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> very upscale. Oh. Yes, it is. Yeah. So it's, it's all about all roads lead to money. That's what it's all about, mm-hmm. money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I hope, uh, like, more importantly, say I really uh, appreciate your sharing with us. Uh and we're gonna, and I'm a victim of human trafficking, and I am gonna share with what I know. We're gonna keep diving down this rabbit, this unspoken rabbit hole. Will start to be spoken about. Okay, I'm, I'm getting a bit perturbed. Well, I was uh, glad to do it, and uh, tomorrow, Sunday, is December 10. That's Human Rights Day, so it, I guess this was meant to be today to do this. So. Um, yeah, I tried to fit in a few facts that everyone could, um, you know, recognize. Oh, um, yes, especially the family and stuff. Thank yeah. you. I mm-hmm. think you were really, you know, you hit on some things, and definitely to start at the beginning because that's important, you know, and especially as we all reflect back on our life. We have to sort of uh, admit this might have been on us a lot longer than we, you know, it, you know, can think about, mm-hmm. you know. I think and, and, and we could have partners or families, but and that might be cool. But either the, the partner could be sent to you as a handler, or they could, or they could try to change them into a handler, or just straight out they don't even bother. They just sabotage. They go right in. They don't want us to have nobody. Mm-mm. Oh, absolutely and, not, and not a witness left. I think that was part of the reason too to break up our marriage was that that way we wouldn't be able to witness together. You know what we went through. Yeah. You know, right. when it turns you against your your spouse or whoever it is that's witnessing with it, with you know, uh, witnessing the whole thing with you, so that way you're all alone and you look crazy if you talk about it. You know, and that's what they want. Yeah, part of it. You know, and they want know. us as women all by ourselves, like that's vulnerable, and it's a heavily misogynist. 
moment. Yes. Yeah, it is. It's at least woman of us are, are women, right, at least, I think, right? Uh, that is true. And then I, you know, as we keep delving down this, what I want to really speak about, and especially, uh, it's not that I don't feel for all targets, but I'm very wary of these men that need help and targeted females opening their door. I'm worried he's a trafficker. Mm-hmm. So we've got to think about our safety. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and I don't know about you all, but they also, with me, they will, you know, if I, like you mentioned with Faye, when she came on, was she afraid, you know, that she might get the backlash. I, Whenever I get on these calls, like tonight, or what I'm saying tonight, I know I'll get some backlash, or, or sometimes they'll, they'll let me know, you know, suddenly something will happen with my daughter, you know, or whatever, and they'll let me know, you know, that they're, they got her under uh, their thumb, too. So those of us who have children are particularly vulnerable because I don't know. Oh, about, I didn't know most, that. Most of the people I talk to feel the same way that their children are under the gun too. So yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. They plan it that way. Like for me, they've been egging me on for over a year to get on there. Uh, I could say names if I wanted, or but they know I'm hesitant about that. But uh, they've been egging me on to come on and say things, and I've been holding back. Um, mm-hmm. And I think uh, I'm not quite sure why, but I feel I should mm-hmm. say that. I think they plan to um, attack us anyway, so oh, they yeah. use that to make to make it scare us uh, scared of saying anything more. Yeah, I think yeah. a lot of us have gotten to that point where we said, you know, hey, you know, I'm go down, fight. If they're going to kill me, they're going to kill me. I'm going to go down. At least trying to do something good. You know, I'm going to try to expose it. Try to, you know fight back, you know. and well, you know. I hope you can keep a Twitter or something easy so we could keep track of you. Um, you know, um, there's a mail.com is, so is the easiest one to set up an email if you want to end up with a Twitter. Isn't it very easy? Yeah, I don't do Twitter. I don't do Twitter or Facebook. I just got such gang stalking. Um, oh, I mean, okay. oh, all I they understand. just drove me insane. It, my Facebook targeting, that's how it started, actually. All of a sudden, I got thrown off. You know, I had friends like everybody uh-huh. else. You know, I yeah. was like a Facebooker. And all of a sudden, I got thrown off. So I called them. I said, what happened? They said, because you were making inappropriate comments about women's breasts. So that's when the man thing started. Some man obviously was taking over my Facebook account yeah. saying right. comments to my students. <laughs> That's how it all started. Yeah, my face, my uh, pen, PayPal account. I was doing PayPal, eBay. They screwed around with those. That's how it all started, and then it just it just got worse and worse. I mean, it just got crazy. It got to the point where let, they would change my passwords, so I would try to you know change it back again. So I would get into my account, go to change the password, and then when it would say give the word verification. I would give the word verification, and it wouldn't let me in. They were, like, changing screens on me. I mean, they do, like, the most advanced um, cyber stuff with me that, I mean, I've had people with master's degrees and everything looking at it. They're like, somebody's really messing with you. You know, it's, like, the most advanced stuff they're doing with me. So um, it's just insane. I I won't even try Facebook or none of that anymore. I, I have no... Uh, no desire for it. <laughs> sure. Maybe that's what you, they you want. Know, they you want know what happens to me on Facebook? Can I tell you? Yes. Hello? Can I yes. tell you what happens to me on Facebook? Yes. Uh, number one, I, I can't get my code. Mm-hmm. That's number one. 
Number two, now they were sending me like an email to my emails, and I just click on the email and go right to Facebook. Now they're not doing that anymore. They're just sending me talking. There's a message from so and so and so stuff like that. Then when I get, while I'm on there posting, mm-hmm. they you know where you put the post right on the left hand mm-hmm. side of each one of my posts, a, a, a light comes on. Oh. And and it's I feel like they watching me. Okay. They watching me and then when I go into my email, a number mm-hmm. one show up in my draft. Mm-hmm. So that's what's happening to me. Oh on, yeah, the on, topic on. they definitely track us through Facebook. Like when you t- these people tell them, oh, I got the Applebee's. Oh, then after that, I went to my friend's house. I mean, they're like giving them all the information. You know, I mean, it's mm-hmm. just like they definitely track you through that and your likes and your dislikes. Like when they're taking all the, mm-hmm. the algorithms off of us and all. You know, that's I think they did a lot of that with us. All of us in the beginning, they took all our likes, what books we like, what music we like. You know, they put all that into a computer, and then they try to predict our movements, what we're going to do, and, you know, what, you know, it all had to do with advertising, you know, all that stuff that Edward Snowden leaked out, you know, that they took all that, you know, stuff that was supposed to be personal, and they, you know, they all put it in the computer. It's just, it's satanic, if you ask me. It's just evil stuff that they're using for AI, you know, artificial intelligence and all that, and it's just, uh, no, I don't want any part of it. I mean, I will go on it a little bit sometimes because I do have, like, this little, uh, you know, account with no friends just so I could see what my daughter is up to or a few people I care about, and that's it. Other than that, I just uh, I just won't even, I'm not giving them anything, you know. I, that's the way I look at it. But at the same time, they've got me out of the social hub this way too. So, you know, it's, I don't know, it's six of one, half dozen of the other, you can't win, you know. If you're in it, they're going to steal stuff from you and track you more. And if you're not, then you're, like, dropping off socially, you know. And uh, But right now I don't really care about that stuff anymore. So I'm like, you know, I just so – if I could talk to you guys, you know, I'm happy. That's all the social life I could – I right now, you know, that I <laughs> – you know, it's fine. You know, I don't need to be, uh, you know – have 500 friends anymore, <laughs> and half of them probably aren't your real friends anyway. They probably got perp friends in there too. I'm sure, you know. So, um, you yeah. know, that's just how I feel about it. You know, after what I went through with it, so you know, I don't care about it now. Yeah. Um, it's it's very sad. It is. I think it's all kind of vectors once they have us. You know, so however they web us in, if they want to. Mm-hmm. Um, you're right. I. I think they're going to attack us anyway. I, I think we're doing the right thing, too, because I think the more we uh, learn how they, their modus of their MO, modus of apparatus operation, how they're doing this, mm-hmm. we become more, I say, more fearless. Mm-hmm. I can't wait till we start turning the tables and we begin to see for once their you know. Mm-hmm. I see. We grow it because we realize, you know, they never understood one thing. And you, you know, have a person clammed up like this, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. this is like a rat in a the corner. They're going to either come out fighting or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't mm-hmm. you don't know what you're going to get. And I personally think these traffickers didn't estimate that, you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah. you're right. If they're going to attack us, you know, life wants mm-hmm. to go on no matter what. They want to go on and live. So 
we've got a few that we can do in, in Target. You know what I mean? Group up, live near one another, stay in touch. Have mm-hmm. some sense of community. Mm-hmm. You're right, band yeah. together. You know, mm-hmm. as, as I agree with together that. in this community as a, as a community and be a family. And definitely mm-hmm. out those that are not in the family. And I stress that because we don't mm-hmm. want to be, you know, bamboozled by every Tom Dick and Brian Coffin <laughs> and Johnny Ali, okay? Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have to chase yeah. them out of our community if they're not uh, uh, going to try to keep us all safe and protected. We're all trying to pull it together as a family. Maybe with the new year starting, um, we should try to do a circuit type of once a month about targeting to bring it to the forefront to all the other uh, moderator calls. Everybody needs to, I was about to say get in the game, but it, it ain't what I really mean when I say it that way. Get into awareness. Maybe, that, maybe I need to say it more like that. Because mm-hmm. this is happening. You know what I mean? And you're so right, Lily. We need more mm-hmm. and more women to feel even safe and comfortable to come mm-hmm. to my call. Yeah, it's very sad. I mean, it really is that they, I, I totally think it's about the shame, you know, that they're ashamed, you know, and it's not pleasant for me either to talk about this stuff. You know, it's me really either. sad that we have to even be sitting here talking about it. But that doesn't make it go away if we're not talking about it. If you stick exactly. your head in the sand, they could still see your tail. We can't be ostriches. ostriches. I can't even talk. Ostriches. You know, you know we can't both see. Yeah. You know, I mean, not, I don't not not addressing is not going to make the problem go away, unfortunately. No, no. Uh, and what about some solutions sometimes? Huh? Uh, the solutions is another thing we should try, you know, to discuss yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Yes. Solution. Solution, yeah. We wish, we wish we had one, right? We could just take them all down tomorrow, right? Stop it all. Yeah, but we can discuss them. Somebody may come up with the perfect plan. You never know until you talk about it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, yeah. Um, it's all like, uh, maybe this was 2018, everyone will bring. It's all babies, baby steps if you just break it apart. We can get mm-hmm. to the solution. You cannot get to the solution if you're still shame-based with the problem. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. That's like trying to ask someone to fight and they're still full of fear. They're not yeah. going to fight. They're not mm-hmm. going to fight. But you know what I mean? We have to, uh, when I say, I don't mean to go for all of 2018 either, but we have to address things blocked. It could, you know, we it have could to go be to as simple level. as joining up with other groups. Absolutely. And, there it you is. know, mm-hmm. 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 network. Yeah, we got a network. Network yeah. will be less what, afraid if we all want to what? Fight together. That's mm-hmm. it, nobody. You just thought and you just, you just uh, totally figured it because, out. Because, you know, from some of the posts that I post, See, I was in the anti-war movement, and the other night, the anti-war movement posted something, posted about the smart meters. Mm. So I posted it on my page. Mm-hmm. And so they already know about me because I was part of the anti-war movement. And if I ever get settled again, I'll probably rejoin. I don't know mm-hmm. because I'm known in that, in that group. Do you think that's what got you targeted, Elvira? 
uh, being in the empty. Well, no, my family got me targeted. Yeah. Oh, that's bad. Mm -hmm. My family did that, is doing that to me more than anybody else. They have me targeted by doctors. They joined the NAACP, you see, and they also slave owners. So, yeah, they stole my property, stole my share of the land, which I didn't care because it was slave-owned land. And to me, that was, I I, I see blood dripping off off my hands. You know what I mean? I didn't want it anyway. What I wanted to do with it was put a multicultural art center and a hotel on it so people can learn each other's cultures, but the family didn't want that. So they decided to steal it. Oh, okay. And then this thing that I'm in is sort of like Barbara Dawson. I plan on posting her again. Well, this, uh, something the blacks got going on through the NAACP where they target their own family members. Keep oh. doctors from, from uh, see, I was injected. I went in the hospital with an asthma attack, and I was injected with the toxin. So oh they're keeping me from having it removed from my body, and they're saying I'm schizophrenic and having me kidnapped every time I try to get medical treatment, stuff like that. So, oh, you know. Yeah, I've heard of it before. I've heard of it, you know, white families do it too. And a lot of times yes. they just want to take conservatorship of you so they could get your money, you know. That's you right. They get insurance policies yeah. on you. Yeah. yeah, they try to get your money, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when you go to the hospital, they keep the doctors from from uh, treating you, and mm-hmm. they try to put that uh, schizophrenia tag on you, oh, yeah. so that yeah. people will think you crazy, then to believe your story. Yeah, exactly. And then they can take mm-hmm. over conservatorship uh, ultimately. And mm-hmm. uh, I know a few that I met in California said their family did it to them. And they so they could get their check, you know, the check will go to yeah. them, you know, their disability yes. check or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have no control of their whole life because of their family. Yeah. Yes, okay. and and this this land because I was talking to Karen Stewart about it. Is that her name? Karen, yeah, Karen Stewart because my brother's last name is Stewart, and um, I was telling her about where the property is and everything, and she was saying yes. I said it, it's from what I hear, it's beautiful in Wakua County. It is because a lot of the commissioners and senators and stuff from South Florida, they go there to hunt for quail, quail hunting and mm-hmm. hunting because part of it is, is swamp land. Some some is swamp land in there too. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Mm, it's valuable. Just to them. Yeah, they would like that. Yeah, yeah. and you yeah. know, from the time when I was born, they they took my last name and gave it to my brother who who was born after me and gave him my last name. Wow. You understand? So therefore they can steal everything that belonged to my father's side, which is the Lakota Indians. <clears throat> they take everything that belonged to his side as well. Wow. Yeah. Robbery and murder. Yeah. yeah. Very sad. I mean, sad. and that is the way they do it is just you know, nobody would know the difference. Yeah. And then they use the NAACP, and the family will come out. You should see this family of Barbara Dawson. They came out with the NAACP with the media just laughing with smiles on their face. Like, they're so happy. Yeah. And they're suing the hospital. 
You see, this is how they work here in Florida. They would mm-hmm. take police officers, black police officers, and have them say that they, <clears throat> they've been, you know, putting these black uh, things on their, on their lockers and stuff like that and suing, the, like, the city of Boca. They sued Boca. You understand? It's a shame. And nobody's wise. That's why I love, I don't care what nobody say, I love my president. You know. Okay. <laughs> no, thank you. It's very, uh, it's very sad, uh, everyone, how the power of green, you know, money. And really mm-hmm. make people do some things. You know what I'm saying? Money. Very, mm-hmm. very much. Well. Very disheartening. Yes, it is. And you're right. A lot of families will turn against each other for money. Yes, and it's scary. Yes, and then to yes. use the NAACP, get on national TV acting like they did, and nobody could see that something in that milk is not clean. Uh, well, you know, they take. You know, they, a lot of them have taken over a lot of these municipalities for you know decades now. Sold out. Um, I believe the NAACP has been kind of infiltrated. Um, uh, I even believe since the 20s or 30s. It's ran by the slave owners. That's what my family is. And they practically run it. They ran it and steal the money that the state of Florida paid me off. They became president and vice president of the NAACP, and then they talked to somebody in Nelson's office and in in, uh Mel Martinez, just before Rubio took office, you see. And they, they got, went, took off with the money, put me on the streets homeless and ill. Now go figure. Uh, yeah. I do figure. Yeah. I do. I do. Uh, these topics. And leave me running around tonight. like a chicken with his head cut off. Well, yeah, they keep us, uh, you know, terrorized and ill. Mm-hmm. And then some of us get these uh, poisons or hit with these weapons or remote neural monitoring and other things to keep us, you know what I mean? Absolutely. So I think everybody who, who, who you interview and who come mm-hmm. on and tell their story, mm-hmm. that is a wonderful, good thing to do because it will be out there forever and people will be able to hear your voice and understand what's happening to them. Exactly. Without someone yes. trying to give you a schizophrenia Thank or you, tell you that you're mm. crazy or not listen to them. That's right. So thank you, Faye, for coming on and willing to do a part two as well. Thank you, Hopira. Thank you. Without you, then we wouldn't be, you know, it wouldn't be happening. Thank you, Alvira. New York, you have a question? Oh, this is Faye. I I was dropped off the call, and I didn't know if you could oh, hear me. Oh, I didn't know that. Central Coastal yeah. California, you were dropped off the call. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was open. dropped off, too. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Um. <laughs> I wonder if anyone else was. Is there anyone else listening to me right now that has a question or comment? Go ahead and start a um People got dropped off the call. I wasn't aware of that. Okay. Go ahead and sorry. I didn't know that. I can see you on I the had to, I had to call in four times before my name would show up on there. 
Really? Really? Mm-hmm. Four times. They do not want us talking. They do not want us talking, girl. <laughs> it was it just silent. I'm going. I'm I'm looking. I'm saying. Yeah. My name is not on the board, and and uh, I'm on the phone, and and look like she's interviewing, but I can't hear it. <laughs> yeah, you know you're getting somewhere when they're throwing you off the calls. You know, <laughs> doing yeah. something they don't like. It must be something <laughs> in the right direction. And, uh, that gives me you know they don't, really, and they don't like that. They don't like that polka dot elephant in the living room. No. They don't like that. Amen. <laughs> no, they don't. No, I'm talking about the wrong thing tonight. Okay. <laughs> that's right. That's right. If you know you're oh, on target, yeah. <laughs> you're on target. <laughs> you got to think opposite with them. Everything the opposite. Yeah. Aliens and saucers galore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's what you want to hear. I appreciate um, being able to tell my story up. I have never really done that, so I'm getting used to it now. And uh, Lord makes it so easy, you know. She yeah. um, she asks questions that keep me on track there. Oh yes. Yeah. So thanks, Lord. Thank you. Thank you're you. welcome. Say uh, go over your yes, schedule Lauren. and let us know. Thank you, ladies. When you're gonna you're gonna Hopefully before the new year, let us know, Faye, when you're going to start going with uh, part two, continue, you know? Okay. Yes. Let me know your schedule. We did an excellent job tonight. Thank you. Well, thanks. I, hope I agree. I agree. Yes. Very good. Thank you yes. so much, both of you. Thank you. And Elvira, oh, too. Yeah. I always you enjoy too, hearing you, Elvira, on various calls. <laughs> so, <laughs> I have a lot of wisdom to share, a lot of wisdom. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you too. It was nice hearing yours too as well. Thank you. Yeah. <clears throat> yes, you have a quite a lot. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. It's been quite a journey, but um, you know, I'm still standing. So. <laughs> Um, that's the good news, right? We're, we all are, you know, we're, we we're all strong are. because we're standing after all they did, you know, we're, we're still standing. Yeah. You know yeah. what we are, and I don't think, I think they even know they wouldn't be standing. Mm. They're cowards to do this. They're not strong. I th- yeah, absolute cowards, yes, absolutely. They're cowards. Yeah, absolute. Yep. Well, does anyone at this time have anything else we'd like to share? We went back. We, it was at the beginning. I'd just like to take time. It was um, wonderful to stay of Gotham. Do you know who's having a call? I'm sorry? A late, uh, do you know if anybody's having a, a late call or after your call? That I don't know. Um, is anyone listening to my voice, are you aware of a late call after this? The only one I know of, sometimes Julia has a prayer call. I don't know if you're Christian or not, but she has a prayer call, Christian prayer call. Sometimes, I think tonight there might be a late one. They're going to be praying particularly against Satanism, I think, tonight and witchcraft and stuff like that. But she sometimes, she might have one. And that's the only one I know of, Julia. Thompson. I don't know. There might be someone else, but I don't well, that's know. That's interesting um, because uh, 
we don't know that much about Satanism, it would be good to yeah. learn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's definitely embedded in all this, too. You know, all this pedophilia, trafficking, Satanism. To me, they all go hand in hand, you know. Is it on talk show, Julia? It's, no, she has her own, um, and because I'm on the phone, um, I don't think I could, let me see if I could still pull up the number. I don't have a computer anymore or laptop or anything. I I mean, it's just insane. I, I don't even try because it's just uh, the cyber I get is crazy. But, um, but I, you know what I could, um, well, I could hang up could hang up and call back and give you guys the number um if you want I could do that. um or you know text lauren i could text you lauren the the number with the access oh. code oh yeah, sure i can text them out to anyone because i um i don't think okay. i've ever been to julia's call but no yeah, yeah, it's all listening. about prayer it's, it's all about prayer and mm-hmm. um you know christian based so, uh, yeah, she comes on Wednesday nights at 9 is the TI night. But she also has other nights, too, uh, almost every night, it seems like. Now, we're getting to be like what we call the prayer warriors, you know, like a group of women. It started as there's a couple of guys, too, but mostly women. And because, you know, we're just, you know, trying to get stronger in the in the word and praying. And, yeah, she's really cool. She's, she's really filled with the Holy Spirit, Julia is. She's from Florida, I think, too. So she's mm-hmm. she's, um, she's uh, pretty cool. So, uh, yes, and her what's her website? Her website is globalawakeningprayer.com. And um, that's kind of a long one, but it's globalawakeningprayer.com. And if you go to events, you could click on a certain date. If you hover over it, it'll tell you, like, if there's going to be calls that day or whatever. Sometimes there, there's calls anyway, even though they aren't listed. So <laughs> I go on a lot lately because, to me, you know, I, I just need to be in prayer right now because, you know, it just gives me strength. So um, I've been going on a lot lately. So I wonder if mm-hmm. she's the person. I used to listen to prayer calls by a woman from Florida. Yes, yeah, 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 it could be. She, yeah, she was a she was a, a, a school teacher or something like that. Yeah, that's, that's what right. you're talking about. Oh my God! Yeah, I don't know. If I can't remember her name. Sure. Her yeah. name was something like Julia uh, Purdy, wasn't it? Purdy. Purdy, Purdy, yes, Purdy. But I can't yeah. remember the. Yeah, remember this the might be a different thing. one. This one, this one that's came a off. One. She might be different. She came off of Scott Hensler. Um, one time I have found Scott Hensler on Ella's, one of Ella's calls. He's a minister, and he does deliverance ministry. Like, literally, you right. know, uh, if you have evil spirits uh, that are cursing you or whatever, your family or whatever, he, he delivers, you know, gets rid of those. Uh, he's good at that, getting rid of evil curses and evil spirits. And so she started praying with him, and then she went out on her own. So uh, he does mostly the deliverance type stuff. But he's good too. I like his calls too. But, you know, and he gets very political too. Um, he, he knows well, everyone, about, I, uh, everyone, I just went under Ella's website. Her name is Julia, and on Wednesday nights at nine o'clock, Julia's uh, number. If everyone has a pen, I'll repeat it twice. It's area code five one five seven three nine fourteen zero five, and the code is. 
381-878-POUND. Let me repeat it all over again real slow. Her phone number is area code 515-739-1405. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Her code now that you put in is... Three eight one eight seven eight pound. And her name is Julia. Yeah, Julia Thompson. She's pretty cool. Yeah. Sounds really nice too. I mean, you know, yeah. Yeah, she she's a nice person. Yeah, she's really nice. Mm-hmm. And she does personal calls too. Like if you have a spiritual need and you want to talk to her, you know, she'll set something up with you. And so, yeah, she's really cool. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's just some time to call the answer. Is she in? Is she in North Florida or South Florida? Do you know? I'm not sure, to be honest with you. I, oh, she was near where the hurricane was. Oh, that was a blessing, too. I mean, I think it shows, you know, maybe she, God is gracing her because uh, apparently the hurricane hit a lot of houses around her but did not, you know, abolish her house. She had some, mm-hmm. you know, some stuff she had to clean up in the lawn or whatever, but basically she was very blessed that she didn't. Well, that you know, sounds like Miami. Yeah, yeah, I think she's more the south, yeah. But again, I'm not sure, but somewhere near there, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, that's really good. It's, you know. Yeah, it is good. As a matter of fact, I think I'm going to go on her call right now because I think tonight it's starting at 11:30, which is re- weird. Usually they start at nine, <laughs> but tonight I guess uh, it's a little, or at least that's what it said when I looked on the calendar. So. I'm going to try to get on, but uh, maybe I'll hear you ladies on there. And if not, then uh, I hope I will. But if not, I'll, I'll talk, you know, I'll be on again. And thank you again, Lauren. I appreciate it. And and Elvira and Faye, it was wonderful hearing your input. And, uh, you too, dear. And I'll talk to you guys soon. I'll be on again. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Before we come in, thank you, Julie. Thank you, Lily. Uh, Faye, do you have any last closing comments at this time? Uh, uh, just that I'm uh, thankful to have told my story. I, uh, I was silent for so many years, seven, and um, uh, it it really helps because it is very stressful, as uh, uh, people have said, keeping your story in. And I think it will help me, and I really hope it helps uh, other people come out or helps them deal with things more. I hope they can keep in touch with us as a group uh, for their safety. That is true. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, you too, uh, Lauren. I'm closing now. Thank you so much for trusting me and sharing your story with us. And... uh, it is only part one, and I hope uh, that I hope before the end of the year, say I do hope that we can continue slowly uh, to talk about this tender, sensitive, yet horrifying 
crime that's being committed on a lot of targeted individuals in our community. Uh, everyone, I want to thank you for your uh, support for coming by the call. Uh, those of you that celebrate the holiday season that's upon us, I wish you safety. It's going to get crazy out there. Um, and do your best to stay in good spirit. Stay blessed always. And uh, with that, I'm going to commence and end the call. And uh, as usual for our show, New Jack, we're going to, as the young people always say, I'm dropping the mic. Let's coast out with something beautiful, befitting for this holiday.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.